Hello and welcome everybody back to the Nudist Colony, the no tea, low tea, oh my god, is that, is that Leonardo from the Ninja Turtles? <laughs> Perfect! <laughs> Nailed that. Really, you're looking off in the distance. I threw it at you, but uh, sheer terror in your eyes was worth it. Uh, the New Metal Discussion Podcast. I am one of the co-hosts named, whose name is Ross. I'm the other co-host. Gawabonga, dude! Oh my god! I gotta go! I'll have an anchovy and marshmallow pizza! <laughs> Bye, Ninja Turtles! <laughs> Down the, the toilet they go. Perfect. Flushing themselves. This is going great so far. Yes. It's flawless. Perfect. Absolutely flawless. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm your, your other host, Brent. And uh, yeah, welcome to Nudist Colony. Welcome back, colonists. Here we are, just hanging out, probably talking about like comic books and stuff, but... But we do it nude. Yeah. But if people didn't know, we do this in the nude every single time. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I came over, strip, uh, strip everything off. Mm-hmm. Um, gotta watch out for the dog, though. You do. Yeah. yeah. I insist that everyone who comes over slather their crotches in peanut butter regardless. Yeah. Well, but especially if you're going to be nude. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And he likes it. So you really got to like fight him off because I, I am. Hey, look. And Ross is talking about me. <laughs> Brent loves peanut butter. It's it's good. Peanut butter and cock. Better than peanut butter and jelly. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Hey, you still get a crunch in there. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. Hey, brother. it's crunchy and creamy. You do it right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So today, um, this is a new metal discussion podcast. If this is your first time listening, Welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good episode to start with, I guess. Um, I, <laughs> I know. <guess. laughs> um, maybe maybe one thing to uh, bring up top here mm-hmm. is that we got a we got a comment mm-hmm. on the gram. Oh, we're going to this. That's that bitch from the gram, as Juicy <laughs> J once said. Um, we got uh, we got a comment, uh-huh. and uh, I, I feel like I feel like I can't help but address it. But I th- love my haters. This- <laughs> you ever see someone in? Like town, we, we for new listeners, we live in Oklahoma, very rural state. Some call it a flyover state. To which we reply, yeah, yeah, you know, I know it's yeah. When people say bad things about Oklahoma, I'm usually like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, true. It's, yeah, it's accurate, one hundred percent. But sometimes I will see people around my village where I live, just driving around with stickers on their car that say, "I love my haters." It's like, mother, you're not fucking famous. If somebody hates you, you're probably a piece of shit. Yeah, and that's not a thing to brag about. No, no. What's that saying? Like, if you meet an asshole... You must lick it. (laughs) Lick it or dick it. You know these millennials. (laughs) Oh, God, they love ass. Yeah. Um, But, uh, like... uh, What was I fucking saying? Oh, yeah. um, Like, if you meet meet an asshole in the morning, it's because you met an asshole. But if you meet assholes all day, you're the asshole. I'm probably paraphrasing that. Um, But, like, it's basically, like... The, pe- the same people that are like, everybody's so dramatic or like, everybody's like s- so fucking, you know, like it's no, it's because you are dramatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, this is way off topic. Uh, we got a, we got a comment on our, um, it was the head PE, the head PE episode, a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was something to the effect of you guys sound like very condescending. Mm-hmm. Right. And look, I went back and listened to it. Personally, I don't think we sounded condescending. Um, 
But like, I can see like, if you really dig a band and you like, Hey, there's a podcast talking about this band that I like, and you listen to it and the people aren't maybe like a hundred percent enthused about it. Like, I, I guess there's certain people out there that like maybe take offense to that. Mm-hmm. And to those people, I want to say like, dude, sorry. Like w- not everybody likes everything. And also we weren't totally, we weren't cold chamber mean to it. Oh no. <laughs> We no, gave but. it the benefit of the doubt and we <laughs> talked about where we enjoyed it. But, yeah. uh, and there's a lot of, epi- you know, obviously we do this because we like the, the music and mm-hmm. the, and, and it was very influential on us, but also, you know, it's fun to be, or fair to be critical to things mm-hmm. that maybe you're not super wild about. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't feel like we, we gave head PE a really tough time. Uh, so, you know, look, if you're listening to this yeah. and you're a huge fan of pitch shifter, which none of you are, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Then, you know, um, well, you're probably going to like this episode. I, I have yeah. a feeling. Uh, but if you've listened to a previous episode and we maybe were not super generous towards a band that you really like, like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it's fine. Keep I'll, listening to us. Also, <laughs> keep in mind that one time uh, we did an episode on Power Man 5000. It was also the Cold Chamber episode. And then Spider One, uh, I guess, listened to it and responded to us on the gram as well. So, look. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. crazy. <laughs> there, there are essentially two episodes of the podcast we've recorded where we were not big on the music and right. we got feedback on both of those but not the, oh, that's true. not all the ones that we liked you know yeah we had a, a a decent smattering of albums that we really fucking enjoyed sure um there was somebody on yeah. reddit that really enjoyed i think it was our science episode mm-hmm. um where we conducted science experiments yes on each other yeah yeah my, my my i kept trying to push you to fucking a toaster but <laughs> the dog got in the way <laughs> dog got in the way yeah um but yeah so today we're going to talk about pitch shifter yeah that pitchshifter.com of course pitchshifter.com but before we get into that we have some stuff we have to catch up on on the previous episode i told you about the sonic pinkle flavored slush oh yes i told you i wanted to try it and i was going to try it that we record on wednesdays i tried it that following friday and uh, i know you are not a pickle fan no but um have you ever had any of those lustrous fixins type of sodas where they're like for crazy drink. flavor yeah, yeah, flavors, yeah. Uh, like the ranch dressing one, or bacon flavored, or um, th- there's like alien poo <laughs> flavor. <laughs> I'm down for that one. Yeah, I don't think I have. I've seen them a bunch, but mm-hmm. I've never tried them. Well, you're not missing out because right. most of them are terrible. I they're straight up terrible. But I, I am compelled to try them. Sure, I like doing like stunt uh, drinking, or uh, well, I watched that Cerebus movie, you know. Oh, it's God. it's all in service of a podcast. Something of, some of a sort. masochist. A little bit, a little bit. Uh, but anyways, I had this Sonic Pickle Slush. If you are a fan of pickles, you like that briny flavor. I know some people, whenever they eat all the pickles out of the jar, they like to imbibe the uh, the pickle juice. I've heard this. Yes. I've never been into that, but uh, I like pickles well enough. Uh, I got one of these little like mini Short King uh, <laughs> slushes because uh, we stand a Short King. Yeah, because I was like. I'm pretty sure it's probably just going to straight up taste like pickles. And sure. I, I want to try it, but I don't want a lot of it. And just in case it's not good, I got like a separate like actual drink or whatever. But um, yeah, tastes like pickles. That that first sip tasted super sweet. And I thought it was going to be like a one of those oh. Lester's Fixins things. Right. Where it's just like, tastes like sugar. And then like the aftertaste is whatever it's supposed to be. Like right. bacon covered ass come or something like that mm. but uh, lester's fucking twisted I would, dude i would drink that dude, lester is sick dude <laughs> um but 
yeah, like it, it just tastes like pickles. So if people are into that, try it. Uh, I don't know that I would get it again, except for one occasion where I would get the pickle slush, the Sonic pickle burger, and then the Sonic pickle fries and just brine the shit out of my life. Pickle fries. Pickle fries, where you take uh, pickles, essentially, and cut them in long strips and bread Ew. them. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. We'll I'm see. out on all we'll of see. it. <laughs> yeah. You don't like pickles. That, like, I have a I have a handful of foods that I'm just like fucking out on i'm an adventurous eater like i will eat like insane combinations of things or like things prepared in strange ways i love those mm. anytime there's something on the menu that's like um just just some crazy mishmash of things uh i will almost always get it um like for example there's a there's a local place called the dog house and it's uh, all uh, hot dogs hot dogs hot dogs and um there's one called the chong which i believe is Peanut butter, cream cheese, sriracha. Um, I feel like there's something else, but it's primarily though. It's like it's, like a, it's almost like a bon me kind of uh, a little bit. Not really, but hey, bon me, bon you. Hey, piece of shit, bon all of us. Um, and it's fucking delicious, you know. But it's one of those things where you see it and you're like, oh man, that sounds crazy, and it's really fucking good. So I'm an adventurous eater, but uh, pickles, uh, like the straight up sour yellow mustard. Uh, and raw onions. Those are like my, like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Damn. I just, uh, just about anything else I will eat. Uh, mm-hmm. I like cooked onions. Uh, I like Dijon mustard. Um, but it's just like, there's something about like those specific things that are just so fucking like tangy and bitter. Mm-hmm. I can't, I don't know. I, I don't, and I like vinaigrette stuff. I like mm-hmm. vinegar based stuff, but for some reason there's just like an extra added, like, ugh. I don't mm-hmm. know, but who cares? Anyways, we got something special today planned. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You walked in with this. We I were... walked in with bottles. Yes, but we about to have bottle service up on the podcast. Uh, it's th- going to be very much. Uh, bottle uh, service. No <laughs> bottle service. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got two of the Baja flavored Mountain Dews. Now there's three total Baja flavored Mountain Dews. Oh, I, I assume most people ha- have had Baja Blast, which is the um uh the Taco Bell exclusive, exclusive. Right. Um I-, I feel like most people have had that. Uh but there's two other flavors that they only do during the summer, which are the Baja Mango Gem G E M and the Baja Gold. Now of course the Baja Mango Gem is course as you would assume pickle flavored of course the, the baja gold is a blast of natural and artificial pineapple flavor i'm a big pineapple guy Ooh, me too i like my cum to taste good oh man hell yeah dude. no one well, drinks it but i like it to taste good i'll let dogs. you i'll let you know after uh after we get done recording fuck yeah oh, yeah i want to taste that pickle cum too <laughs> now the the uh mango gym uh baja is what you had last time on the previous episode. Okay. Yes. I'm but I was already drinking out the bottle, so I figured, hey, you know, I probably not share it. Probably not a great idea. Mm-hmm. You came out with the sparkling wine um, uh, fancy glasses today. Mm-hmm. Um, gorgeous, gorgeous glasses. Yes. Uh, truly, they are. They're, I need they're, to. Uh, we've, we've had them sitting long enough that there's water yeah, that's accumulated <laughs> yeah. from the ice in there. So I'm going to drink them down a little bit. The only reason we have ice is because you had just picked these up before coming here and had to make a stop and they're kind of they're not they're not cold of course soda is best cold um so which one how come it's not cold colda hmm think about it how about you try that one on elon musk Ooh, piece of shit yeah go go have 
Grimes break up with you again. <laughs> you weirdo. Okay. Yeah. Um, you want which one do you want to try first? Let's let's try the one from last time. You do the mango? I, yeah, because okay. I didn't I didn't uh, I didn't realize that's what it was last time. <laughs> Sorry, it I was, had to fart in the microphone. Real quick. <laughs> that uh, the the sound of opening that was like a uh, a whisper. It's like if a, a soda was trying to whisper to you. I truly hope that it would be more impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what Pepsi does. You know, I've had. Uh, I've opened Pepsi's up on my other show before, and sometimes it just sounds like a uh, a soda queef. So speaking of Pepsi, mm-hmm. I meant to bring this up as well. Mm-hmm. I did try the Pepsi Nitro the <gasps> other day. You did very fucking good. It's incredible, right? Like Not it's sure what to expect, but it they, was really good. Wait, did you have the regular Pepsi or do you have the vanilla? Just regular Pepsi. Okay, that's fine. I don't even know why they continue to make regular Pepsi at this point. They should. They've perfected it essentially. Like right. goddamn. That like, Nitro really? Pepsi is too good. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was fucking delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It tasted like, um, you know when, when you make a float and the ice cream kind of melts a little bit mm-hmm. in there? And yeah. it, it t- for some reason, there was like a, I mean, it was just a creamy mm-hmm. texture of it, but man, it was really fucking good. A girl I work with, I was trying to convince her that it was good. And she was like, eh, I'm not really into Pepsi. I'm like, look at me. <laughs> look at me. I'm not either. He's an RC cola fiend. <laughs> That's right. But, oh my God. If they had a Nitro RC, holy shit. <laughs> mm, that'd be great but um it would probably hit and miss depending on yeah where you bought it how flat it could possibly be inside of a nitro can anyway uh but the nitro pepsi is so good that she was convinced as well oh, i'm wow. not like, i don't feel like i'm overhyping it no it's good but it's the nitro really pepsi fucking is fucking delicious it's yeah. so creamy so creamy so creamy uh okay so let's let's try this let's uh let's go ahead and cheers to um this episode <laughs> and come dog come yeah absolutely here we go ross is taking a sip there he goes had this before delicious man that's good that's really good really tastes like mango right yeah, it really does i heard the stand-up bit like a year and a half ago about how indian people love mango i was like oh really because i'm indian i guess i don't really know and then i had mango like i'd had it before but i never really thought about it but then like I had a mango, and I, I don't know if I was just... You know how, like, you become an X-Man after, like, hitting puberty? Right. It just, like, hits The X-Gene different. activates, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my mango gene hit, and I was just like, fuck, yeah, I'm all about this mango. Like, legitimately, I wasn't trying to play into the stereotype, but it's fucking good. <laughs> you leveled three city blocks <laughs> with your cum. But, this is a cum um, episode. I, I wouldn't think that mango would be so um, easily translatable to a Mountain Dew beverage right yeah. but it is it's so refreshing it's really good i see why this is a summer flavor uh they have one that's like a pink one it's like pink in color is that watermelon or something like that yes um fuck what, what is the name of it melon spark or something like that oh yeah that's what optimus prime <laughs> lives on right <laughs> melon spark <laughs> starscream yeah but uh yeah this is really good I, I enjoy this. Yes. Quite tasty. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So. Next one. Next item on the agenda. Next People up. are loving this. Oh, people are. I can, I can hear. Edge of seats. I can hear. Oh, the straight up edging. Here we go. Oh. Ooh, much better. This one. Gold has something to say. This has. This has <laughs> been waiting. This is. No, I love the mango, but I got I to gotta admit, the, the Baja Gold is, is just 
superior. You walked in my house. When I answered the front door, you held them in your hand above your head as if like a, a victory. Like you had found treasure in a tomb somewhere and you came back with it. And like <laughs> the the sun was setting and like the light behind you was hitting the the uh, bottles in such a way that I was like, is he, is this two bottles of piss that you have in your hand? But because this is like neon yellow. Yes. Yeah. It's like illegal yellow is yes. what color this is. The, uh, the Baja gold, but, um, pineapple flavoring is what we're aiming for. Right. So pineapple, both artificial and real. Yes. Allegedly. Whatever that means. Yes. Cheers. To come. To come or not to come, but mainly to come. Hmm. I taste the earthy notes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got girthy notes. Interesting. <laughs> so it, <clears throat> I have a stunted sense of smell, but even as the glass was approaching my head, I could pick up a whiff of pineapple. Oh yeah, it's a strong. It's a I, strong pineapple. I'm like a, a truffle pig for pineapple, you might say. <laughs> um, but no, it's good. I mean, like, I'm a, I'm an easy lay when it comes to like sodas. I don't like. Oh sure, me too. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm gonna face fuck a Lester's fixins, then this is nothing to me. But, <laughs> yeah. but uh, between the two, I'd probably go for the uh, the Baja Gold just because I love pineapple so much. Same. So refreshing. I, I love the mango, but this gold is... Well, it's gold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the gold takes the platinum. Mm. It really just tastes like pineapple. Like mm-hmm. There's a lot of sodas that try to do um, flavoring and don't really do that well with it. Uh, yeah. But for whatever reason, uh, Mountain Dew tends to nail flavors pretty well. I, I don't know what it is. I, I've liked most of the uh, Mountain Dew varietals. Um, yeah, I think they're not worried about um, being legally consumable uh, product. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they're just like, oh, whatever we got to do, whatever we have to do to make this something that people will buy. But also like Mountain Dew has such a unique, color to it anyway yes you know what i'm saying like if you change it it's still somehow recognizable as mountain dew the bottle you know it's like oh, has yeah. this, even though the og version is this like very specific green color yeah if you fill a similar shaped bottle with orange or yellow or pink or whatever it's just like i don't know i don't get it it clicks in my brain that it's mountain dew you know right and not fago yeah, it has a very I, and I like I don't know what the flavor connection between Mountain Dew and these are, but mm-hmm. they're it's there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I can't explain it, but uh, it's it's really good. I'm gonna it, miss these. Summer's yeah. summer is coming to an end, and these mm-hmm. will soon be off the shelves. So uh, the only Baja you'll be able to get is from the Bell, which hey, mm-hmm. you could do a lot worse than Taco Bell. Yeah. Um, it, but that's it's, true. it's nice because it, it makes it special. When I see these on the on the mm-hmm. store shelves, I'm like, fuck yeah, summer's here. Like I couldn't tell you with any amount of words what the difference between Mountain Dew proper is versus Baja Blast, right? Like yeah. I, I don't know what the difference is. I know there is one, but I couldn't tell you what the difference of flavor profiles is or whatever. Yeah. And these are Baja Blast like varietals. Right. Right? 
So we're like two steps removed yeah. from regular Mountain Dew. But still, mm-hmm. there's the connective tissue somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah. yeah, Baja Blast is is super fucking good. Yeah. Um. I anytime I go anytime I go to Taco Bell and I get a which I don't I don't honestly drink a ton of soda. Mm-hmm. Um. Although every time I've come over here I've had one, but that's because I need caffeine to mm-hmm. wake up and uh, be funny for all the people out there mm-hmm. in nudie land. Mm-hmm. Um, and These two so, condescending. You've been yeah. condescending. Well, well, all right. <laughs> Fuck you, buddy. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're fine. You're fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the uh, that's the 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 soda portion of the mm-hmm. uh, uh, of the podcast. Now now we go to the comic book portion. <laughs> of course, <laughs> people love it. I can hear the Instagram comments lining up. <laughs> Soda chat and then comic books. <laughs> you mean I have to wait another forty five minutes before they start talking about Pitch Shifter? Fuck yeah! yeah look, and, and as much as I love Pitch Shifter, I don't think they have a huge uh, listener base out there currently. No, no. Um, of all the albums we've discussed before, I believe, especially here in the U.S., since they are from the U.K., yeah, the the album sales have been some of the lowest, if not the lowest, probably. Uh, but. Uh, uh, To give you an idea, uh, I tried to look uh, some of the lyrics up on Genius, and there was zero notations. Uh, Did you look up? Wait, no, there was one. There was one single notation for one song, Mm -hmm. for one, like, line. (laughs) Yeah. And and even that was like, this lyric may refer to. (laughs) I, uh, I went to Genius. And I clicked on the song Genius by Pitch Shifter, and I had a little, oh yeah, <laughs> a little moment there to myself. Like, <laughs> here we are, Kismet, right? Looking at Genius on Genius. Here we go. Anyway, <laughs> uh, okay, yes. What are what is uh, the topic at hand here? Okay, so I got into an argument on Reddit today, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. uh, I I just I, I had to bring this up because um, I I thought it was funny. Um, uh, oh wow! Hmm. Hollywood Report.com reports Batgirl is reportedly having funeral screenings on the WB lot before being put away in the vault forever. Hmm. Cool WB. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that was a choice. I, was... you know, I I wasn't really hyped to see that movie until they I know. Uh, until I realized it was um, directed by the uh, the guys who directed the first couple episodes of Miss Marvel. The, on uh, Disney oh, Plus, right. yeah, and I was yeah. like, "Oh shit!" If if they're bringing that sense of like joy and like just like design, yeah, to Batgirl, I'm all about it. It was one of the more um, like unique Marvel shows for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, I was, yeah, I was. I mean, not excited to see it, but I wanted to see it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, put just fucking put it on HBO. Like, I, I get that there's like some sort of like you know financial trickery that they're doing mm-hmm. to write it off, you know, but yep. like. Surely somebody's gonna somebody's gonna leak it. Mm-hmm. Like, why? Not? If it's going into the vault forever and it's never gonna be released, someone has it on a computer and can just. I'm sure it's not like a final cut, but you know, there was uh, something that came out a couple of days in the press a couple of days ago where um, one of the directors uh, called or texted the other one and said, "Go ahead and hop in the like shared. It was like a Dropbox or something like that, and even on your phone, just like record the video." And he went in there, and I guess WB had deleted the files, so they have nothing. Well, they're showing it. Someone's showing it. I don't know. I mean, if you can't trust Reddit, who can you trust? <laughs> I guess it's coming from HollywoodReporter.com, so it's yeah. fairly reliable. But 
so there was a um, there was a discussion on Reddit on our comic books mm-hmm. uh, that said, "What's every artist's infamous piece?" Right, and obviously they post the picture. The uh, uh, if you haven't seen it, it's uh, Captain America by Rob Liefeld with his huge titties hanging out. Well, we'll post this to our social media. Yeah. If you've never seen it, get ready. <laughs> yeah, it's truly probably the most egregious example of. An artist who was fairly, you know, look, look, we could talk about Rob Liefeld for a long time, but uh, like it or not, the man was uh, influential and extremely popular, extremely well paid. Um, like very well paid. Yeah. Absurdly well paid. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, he, he has some questionable uh, art out there, let's say, mm-hmm. um, that uh, is... You can make you can make arguments both ways on it, whatever. Some people love it, and that's totally fine. Um, I'm kind of it's a choice. Yeah, I, I'm kind of in the middle. You know, uh, same. Yeah, mm-hmm. there, there, I see a couple pieces. Like I'll see a piece uh, of of Rob Whitefield art, and I'm like, oh, it looks pretty good. Yeah. And then you see another one, and you're like, oh, it's not so great. Yeah. Um. So he's you know got a unique style. Mm-hmm. Art subjective, whatever. Fine. Mm-hmm. Um. So then someone posted. Uh, I never understood how Joe Casada got a job, jo- got a job drawing. What? And they posted the cover to X Factor number eighty-seven. Holy shit! Literally one of the I most iconic <laughs> X Men covers from the nineties. Like, like truly an uh, an incredible piece, an incredible. Con- Personally, one of my all-time favorite X books, and I'm a huge X Men fan. I would put X Factor number eighty-seven in my like top three. Uh, X-Men comics of all time. I, I believe, honestly, it may have been my very first X-Men comic. Wow, that's a good one, then. Yeah. Oh, Written yeah. by uh, Peter David, too. Peter so, David. like, the whole creative team yeah. was, was hitting. Um, I think I own that comic currently. I I'll, I feel like I came across that when I was redoing my uh, little uh, spinner rack here not too long ago. But that uh, I've read a handful of issues from that run, mm-hmm. and they were like, pretty fucking good they're really good yeah yeah um, peter dave is a great x-men writer he doesn't get enough credit for it yeah he's pretty good at everything honestly i would i would look i love claremont i'd put peter david's x work above claremont mm-hmm. i'm sorry yeah like claremont obviously is hugely important and influential but it, it doesn't really hold uh it doesn't it's not like it doesn't hold up but it's it's it definitely feels dated when you read it. Mm-hmm. Although if you go back and read a Peter David comic from that time, um, I would argue that it holds up much, much better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got just a knack for dialogue where mm-hmm. Claremont, anyways, <clears throat> anyways. And so I, uh, I said, yeah, uh, that's literally one of my favorite comic books of all time. Art's incredible. What do you think makes it bad? Mm-hmm. And so the man, uh, says, uh, the shadows are overdone so much in some places that they turn into solid black polygons. Body proportions are funky. Uh, look at the rack on Polaris. Already did, dumbass. It already, <laughs> it really just turns me off. I was a big McFarlane and Jim Lee fan, and Casada's mm-hmm. art seemed amateur compared to them. It felt like he took shortcuts with heavy shadows and little detail. No. Insane, right? And then yeah. he posts, Do you think this looks good? Okay. X Factor, what is that? Issue 71? 71, uh, by Larry Stroman? Yeah, Stroman, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. So I was like, "Oh, cracking my knuckles! <laughs> you, you just fucked up, kid. <laughs> you don't know what you just stepped into." And so I was like, "Hey, it's uh, it's not Casada. It's Larry Stroman. Uh, is, you know, art subjective. You can like what you like. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't understand how you can't like this. Uh, I, I, I personally think it's very gorgeous. Right. 
And uh, then he starts posting a bunch of uh, other drawings by Joe Casada, mm-hmm. and just saying he thinks it's lazy. Um, and they're all good pictures. Mm-hmm. Like I'm literally looking at them and like, are we looking at the same fucking picture? Because so yeah, I I wonder what he would think of Mike Mignola. I was gonna because say, I was like, I literally said, I was like, this is like he's clearly doing kind of a Mignola style. He he, he sent a picture of Thor, mm-hmm. and it's like a more simple kind of blocky thing, which is pretty different than what he used to do. Which he used to do, you know, very um, kind of rounded edges and um, like really textured stuff. So I don't understand how he's saying it looks like he took shortcuts because the man is an incredible draftsman. Yeah, obviously did not take shortcuts. And say, literally saying that it's lazy. Um, and uh, so then we got into we got into an argument for a while. Uh, the rest of it's not uh, super great, but I did get one zinger in there. Um, <clears throat> I said uh, <laughs> I was trying to be friendly with you, saying art is subjective, but you had to get butt hurt. So whatever. I'm not arguing comics with someone who gets <laughs> who confused Casada with Stroman. Next, you're going to say Kirby sucked because his character models were inconsistent. <laughs> I, look, it's petty. It's on Reddit. It mm-hmm. doesn't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was fun. Yeah. Um, just to just a just a fun goof around, you know. I I feel like this person doesn't understand art styles being right. different. Uh, and I understand liking. McFarlane and uh, what, uh, Jim, Jim Lee, Lee, right? Which everybody liked McFarlane yeah. and Jim like, Lee. Like. He, oh, wow. Deep cut uh, for him, you know? Uh, fucking Jim Lee and Todd McFarlane. I know, he, he really he, he, he went through there. the yeah. back issues there and, and dug out the obscure shit. <laughs> and not to say that Quesada is, you know, deep cut knowledge or whatever, but like, I feel like those two were the biggest of the image founders back right. in the day. yeah. And, you know, they had the most pr- prominent sales and they had the most prominent styles at that point. So yeah. that's really not saying a whole lot. But, like, I don't know how you could look at anything Joe Quesada's done and be like, oh, that's lazy. Like, I spotting know. blacks is such a difficult task. Yeah. Like, you really have to pay attention to lighting. and. I would argue it's, <laughs> it's, it's lazier to not do shadows at mm-hmm. all. I know, because I don't do that when I draw. <laughs> it's it's so it's just and i shouldn't have even like i should have even whatever the the dude got downvoted to hell Mm -hmm. um and everybody was like you're crazy that's an amazing cover Mm -hmm. so like literally not one single person agreed with him so Mm -hmm. obviously vindication you won you won i won of course yeah of course of course course and now your victory lap on the podcast yeah and look look again art is subjective kind of ties back to the podcast Mm -hmm. you you can like what you like if you don't like something it's fine Mm -hmm. like and i feel like our criticisms when we bring them up are fair Mm -hmm. um specifically with the head pe stuff i was like look i have a personal thing when i listen to this album Mm -hmm. it's it's a subjective thing i'm not saying that uh that definitively you cannot argue that this is a good album Mm because there's people out there that dig it and cool like if you like it fucking run with it great yeah i think um, eric from true criminals likes head pe i don't know if it's specifically this album but right so obviously eric bad person you yeah. know you yeah. you shouldn't Piece of shit i was listening <laughs> <laughs> we'll know yeah we'll find out <laughs> but uh yeah i i just uh yeah again art is subjective mm-hmm. um everybody's gonna like something different everybody's gonna have a different opinion on it but when you start saying blanketed things like this is lazy, 
um, uh, like a definitive statement like that. Mm-hmm. When, again, how the fuck can you look at a piece of Casada art and say it's lazy? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that that that's where I like. No, 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 no. Yeah. If you don't like it, cool. If you start going like making hard definitive statements about it. Buckle up, buckaroo, <laughs> and you fuck up with a Larry Stroman piece. It, it was funny here. because on that Stroman cover, it has his name rent, written know. on the comic. Like you could just see it easily. That yeah, your, your eye can find that. It's not like they did a color hold on the his signature <laughs> and it was like faded into the background. It was, it's there. You could just granted see it's them. crazy and it mm-hmm. may be hard to read, but yeah. if you know, if you read comics in the nineties, you should have some passing knowledge of who Larry mm-hmm. Stroman is. Yeah. And it's, his signature is way different than Casada's with that little yeah. circle Q. Yeah. Casada's very mm-hmm. yeah distinctive. Yeah. Um, remember when everybody used to do little scrolls and they would mm-hmm. put their signature in Todd McFarlane. We, we did that back in the day oh, yeah, when we, we were did, in high we school that. trying to make comics and shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. great. That sometimes I would start with the scroll and then like whatever drawing happened around it. <laughs> the most important piece. I, I got to a point where I was like, I can draw a pretty good scroll. But then like if I, <laughs> I haven't seen it in a long time. I feel like if I went back, I'd be like, no, this sucks. But uh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I remember I went through a phase where even in art class, I tried to put spawn into everything that I drew. Even <laughs> it was like, we had to go outside one time. I remember. And like, she was our t- art teacher was just like, draw the fucking skyline, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> no, Miss Daly was great, but she, she would be, you know, like, Hey, you, you just draw, draw what you see, you yeah. know? And so I drew, you know, I, put enough effort into the the scenery and then right <laughs> barely off center i drew spawn sitting down drawing <laughs> the scene uh so whatever yeah. you know hey art Look, subjective have fun with it exactly and whatever excuse we could have to work comics into whatever our art project was we oh. went for it so much so that at a certain point at the beginning of a school year she was like and there will be no comic book drawings in this <laughs> yeah. thing it's like god damn and guess what we did it anyway. <laughs> we did it anyways <laughs> that's right come at me miss daly uh, we talk about our teachers a lot <laughs> that's okay that's it's okay. a nostalgia podcast of course it is um so you have a a song to play for the class is that correct yes so we discussed Perfect. this um uh about doing like a uh, like what are you listening to now like mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be like a modern song it doesn't have to be a new metal song. It could just be like, what's a song that you, that you just kind of digging on right now. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, so obviously we're listening to pitch shifter today, which is maybe we'll get into this later about the new metalness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really like, you know, hear the industrial more than anything right. coming through. And the late nineties were such a cool time for like industrial music. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, industrial kind of been around since like the eighties, but not really like, prominent and not really in the u.s for for that matter until Mm -hmm. really like nine inch nails and for the longest time they were like really the only ones you know Mm -hmm. maybe like ministry or something uh but there was another band that popped up that had the industrial edge to it edge and speaking of the edge Mm -hmm. there was a so we've talked about it before local radio stations you want a 4.5 the edge Um, and they, before they got bought out by clear channel, they used to be able to play like remixes of things and, uh, like deep cuts of stuff. And so you would hear like a lot of stuff that you wouldn't hear just on like MTV or whatever. Yeah. And it was almost like appointment listening after school. Like, oh yeah, we would have conversations about this. Like people 
would uh, have water cooler conversations after watching Game of Thrones or, or whatever the fuck. For yeah. us in high school, like, oh. oh, it's like, oh, did you hear the new song that came out? On the on the radio yesterday, it's oh, like holy man. shit! I remember calling you and just being oh like, "Turn on the radio, yeah. <laughs> quick!" Yeah, you had to be We're playing kick the PA. <laughs> we this was pre cell phone, yeah. right? So <laughs> we there had to be some like you had to check some boxes. Yeah, that, that you had to be at home. You had to have your own radio turned on. You had right. to like have the radio in earshot of like wherever a phone may be, a corded phone may be in your home. <laughs> yeah. You had to go to that, call someone, hope they answer. If they do, are they around a radio? Can they turn that on? Like yeah. it was a whole process. Oh. Oh, it was a, yeah, it was an yeah. event. Yeah. Um, but I remember one time, uh, it was like kind of late at night. They played, um, I, I honestly remember like exactly where I was whenever I heard this. I was mm-hmm. uh, in my mother's car because I couldn't even drive yet. Um, Coming back from Tulsa, we lived out in the country, so we were driving down country roads, mm-hmm. and uh, I want to say Hondo, it probably wasn't Hondo, but I feel like it was Hondo. Uh, oh, he was yeah. a DJ on, on, on 104, really great guy, mm-hmm. um, and he was like, I'm going to play something a little different for you guys. You guys know this song, but here's a little different version of it. I'm calling Brit, turn on the fucking radio, dude. Um, but no, this is... Hey man, nice shot. Quarter pound by Filter mm-hmm. and the Dust Brothers. Oh. So most people probably know Hey Man, Nice Shot. Um, so this is a slight reworking of it by the Dust Brothers, who were pretty big in the late '90s. Yeah, they produced the second Beastie Boys album. Um, obviously worked with Hanson, another Tulsa favorite. Oh, uh, did they really? Yeah, Mbop was produced by them. Holy shit! <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. So this came on, and yeah. I was like, this is fucking awesome. And it was like the only time I heard it for a very, very long time. Wow. I like this. Yeah. You can hear the bass. Like it's the, oh, the yeah. same bass line, you know, but it's... Gritty. Yeah. But then it's got like the horn kind of... Mm-hmm. I guess more of a guitar tone, but... But there's a horn that comes in later. Nice. It's just a lot of fun. I like these kind of remixes where they like literally like rework some of the instrumentation around it. Yeah. This and is... not just add like a Yeah, because it's not like they just took his vocal and overlaid it on an a random instrumental. Like this is the bass line from Hey Man Nice Shot, but yeah. it's Oh <laughs> Fucking great, right? <laughs> you know what that reminds me of is uh Nobody Speak by uh oh, the jewels and uh yeah dj shadow yes yeah where it's like it has horns in it shouldn't work fucking does it does yeah this is great hey yeah there's oh boy i like that the bass is just in there man yeah just the drum the no bass guitar. and the vocal yeah Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. It's a pretty simple bass line, but it's really good. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, like, I can't imagine hearing this on the radio, and it's just like, it's gone. 
possibly forever. I know. Like, you know I, like, I had no idea where to find it. Like back then, you know, it was like good fucking luck. I'm sure it was on some like like Japanese uh, B-side single or something. Yeah. That was about the only place you could find stuff like that. Uh, but I remember distinctly hearing this and being like, this is so fucking cool. What is this? Mm-hmm. And then just didn't hear it again for 15 years. <laughs> and when I did hear like, because I remember early days of like YouTube, um, probably wasn't even early days. It was probably like mid days of YouTube. Um, it like popped in my head one day and I was like, oh man, I remember that. Uh, uh, Heyman, nice shot with the with the horns in it, mm-hmm. and so it took me forever to fucking find it. Yeah, and um, now it's just on Spotify, and you can just of play course. it in half a second. Of course, yeah, it's super easy. But I've been listening to it a lot lately. Oh, I see why. This is great. It's fucking horns, man. Damn, it really does work. I know. So well, Dust Brothers are really cool. We should have them on the show. Yeah, yeah. They work with handsome, they'll work with us. <laughs> yeah, no. We're also in Tulsa. Yeah, come on, guys. It's fine. It's fine. We're also tween, tween uh, uh, brothers. Yeah. One of us looks like a woman. <laughs> Guess which one? <laughs> it's not the one you think, but also exactly the one you think. <laughs> so is the, the bridge to this song different? Because we just got through the second verse. I guess we're, we're coming up on it. Well, I think it, it follows pretty much the same like structure. They didn't change really? that much um, as far as that goes. But yeah. it's just like little tweaks to the instrumentation, but it, it really adds something. I still love the original, yeah. but um, man, I love this version of it. The the grooviness of the drums really works. Yeah. Because I like the original song, but it, there's not a whole lot there. Oh, yeah. there's the guitar. Then they bring the guitar in. I just something about those horns in there. Yeah, works for me. It really does. In a way I can't describe. I've never been a uh, horny man, but uh, I think I'm horny for this horn section. You know? Yeah. 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 Horny toad. The is it our state frog or something? <laughs> it's a lizard, right? <laughs> a toad? No, that's an amphibian. No, but a horny toad specifically. I think it's an actual, actually a lizard. <laughs> uh, is it? I thought a horny toad was a literal toad. Uh, we gotta look this I don't up. know. I know I'll, they squirt blood up. out their eyes because I caught one one time uh, in the desert and it uh, it did squirt blood out of its eyes. Oh. Uh, yeah, pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> fucking metal as hell, bro. Uh, the Oklahoma state lizard is the eastern colored Collared lizard. lizard. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, fuck me then. Yeah. Um, probably later. I actually had a pet uh, collared lizard at one point. Oh, really? Yeah. We named him Godzilla. Real what? clever. Real oh, clever. I'll, I'll be knee high to a jaybird. Uh, yeah. Horned lizard is what comes up when you type in horny toad. Yeah. So is that what you're talking about? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And they squirt blood out their eyes. Hmm. I don't think it's good for them. Like, it's a defense mechanism. (laughs) But (laughs) I didn't know that when I was like 10. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Wow, what a defense mechanism that would be, you know? 
Yeah. Like, Dude, have you seen, um, <laughs> you seen, this is a new metal podcast, by the way. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, have you seen, we're 40 minutes into this. Have you seen, um, uh, 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 like hippos fight each other, like videos of hippos fight each other when they fight? Uh, I they, don't think so. No, I they, don't, I don't, uh, I don't when they're that. fighting, they take massive shits and their tails go really oh. fast and it <laughs> flings shit everywhere. I've seen that. I didn't realize it was, <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> like I got folders of that. <laughs> yeah. Like. Don't kink shame me, but I have seen that. I didn't realize that's what that was for. It was just on like, I don't know, like some nature show or whatever. And they just showed that. I thought it was like a funny thing. I think they may do it just like, uh, like when they shit just to clean their butts off. But also when they fight, they do it. Imagine if you went to go take a shit in a toilet and there was like, (laughs) there were fan blades directly underneath your butthole. Just like chopping up. Chopping poop up when it comes out. Uh, they call it poopy poopy yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i like it i like leave it. now mm-hmm. okay yes um so before we get into this let's uh well let's let's just let's just go ahead and transition fully over to the shifting of the pitches yes pitch shifter album today we're talking about www.pitchshifter.com that is correct it was released april 7th 1998 what a day that was, Ross. Oh, uh, it was uh, released on Geffen Records. And uh, yeah, so there's that information. Um, before we get to the band and stuff, like, do you remember your first experience with Pitch Shifter? Because this album oh, was probably my second. The first one being when uh, you... Adam, our, our friend, and I went to go see Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Okay, I was about to say, I think it was Annihilation. And in the movie, uh, the song Genius is played. Yeah. And I remember buying the soundtrack, and I was just like, that was my go-to song. It was like the, my favorite song on that entire soundtrack. Yeah. So, Do you remember how much we loved that movie at the time? Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> we, a psychotic amount. I know. We like were, and that really, movie is not good. God awful. I rewatched it, uh, I think, at the beginning of 2021. Oh, and, wow. uh, it, nope. Yeah. Nope. It is bad. It is straight up trash. Yeah. But, like... It's got Ray Park in it. Does it? Yeah. He's, uh, I think, Sub-Zero. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Interesting. I think so. Sub-Zero. Scorpion. One of the ninja guys. I don't know. Yeah. They all look the same to me. <laughs> um... Yeah, no, I, I totally remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember that album being really good, too. And I actually did look up the track listing for it today. And there was like a couple of songs. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. This is kind of a banger of an album. For Annihilation? For Annihilation, yeah. Oh, my God. So many great tracks yeah. on there. Like, yeah, Megalomaniacal, Harder Than The Rest. That was a big song back in the day. It was. I feel. However, like... Like that song was good, but I feel like songs from Pit Shifter, especially on this album, are so much better. Like there's more Go oomph hard. to them. Yeah, um, it's good. It, it, this this album reminds me of like The Matrix. <laughs> God damn it! That's one of my notes here, here <laughs> later on as well. Uh, uh, which is, no, that, no, that. it's no, it's fine. It's it's just like a random thing I wrote down. But yeah, I'm surprised that not one song on this album made it to the Matrix. I know soundtrack. Like it's when I was listening to it, I was like almost positive. I'm like, yeah, one of these was on the Matrix soundtrack. And no, no, it, no, it's no it was like uh, Rage Against the Machine, Deftones, um, uh, Burl and Ives. Uh, <laughs> uh, wait, Orbital. <laughs> <laughs> Apollo 440? No, mm-hmm. no, no. 
Uh, maybe, maybe those were on there. I think I was trying to make Burl Ives, oh, the singer, uh, the who did the opening to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer into Burl and Ives as if it were like... I don't know what you're saying right now. Toe Jam and Earl. I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. That's a reference I get. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on board now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, the album is www.pitchshifter.com. And I was curious because... I remember at the time that being a big deal. Like, holy shit, mm-hmm. they have their own fucking website. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like a big fucking deal. Yeah. And uh, BFD. BFD. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, I, uh, like, I remember going on it back in the day. Like, it was one of the first ones that I went to because it wasn't Google back in the day. So you kind of had to, like, remember uh, addresses. Yeah. And there wasn't a whole lot of, like, websites. There were, like, uh, sites website? that were. <laughs> <laughs> you know there were like angel fire but then like it would be like angel fire slash wizard magazine you know like yeah i think wizard eventually did get their own website but like you had to go through like GeoCities or angel fire or something like that to find like someone's quote-unquote site but pitch shifter had their own like totally own domain yeah um and uh uh i just thought that was always like so fucking cool and i was curious yeah i was like I saw in the in the in the Wikipedia articles like mm-hmm. they 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 got rid of the domain. I was like, I wonder if it's still available or mm-hmm. if, if someone's taken it. No, it's freed up. You can go buy it right now. You can, and uh, that is for the price of six thousand three hundred ninety-five dollars. <laughs> okay, so this episode, <laughs> we're just gonna compare notes all episode. There's not a whole lot of information out there. There's really not. No, as, for a band who named their album after their website, there's not a lot of information about the making of this album or the lyrical content. So you just kind of have to infer yeah. your best. Which maybe I feel like the, the way that, uh, like the vibe that I get from the lyrics in general, mm-hmm. maybe like they would be kind of cool with that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, I did check the Wayback Machine because I'm like, oh. okay, surely... There's like a cached version out there somewhere that just has like a splash page or something like 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 the homepage. Like, mm-hmm. like no, oh. I spent uh, and if anyone from my work is listening, they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do this on company time, <clears throat> but uh, I uh, spent a long time looking through the Wayback Machine trying to find. There were snapshots, but they all led to just like completely dead links. Oh yeah. Um, I was hoping that we could grab something from there just for like a little nostalgia bump, mm. you know. Yeah. <sighs> um but there was nothing yeah um so that was uh that was unfortunate we tried everything we tried pitchshifter.com we tried shiftpitcher.com we're out of options (laughs) shitpitter.com oh we forgot to try shittwitter.com shit try that yeah wait i just looked it up it's real It's owned by Elon Musk and very racist. Like more than you would th- like. You've seen some racist shit. This is the most racist. Um, so let's talk about the personnel. So Pitchifter, yeah. the band, is led by J.S. Clayton, who does lead vocals, beats, and programming. This is how it was. The credits were listed in inside the album. Mark Clayton, uh, who plays bass and is credited with sampler. Then Jim Davies, who does guitar, and then Johnny Carter also does guitars and programming as well. Now, Jim Davies uh, was the live guitarist for The Prodigy. Hmm. And he also cool. created Garfield, right? 
He did, yes. <laughs> he created Garfield, toured with Prodigy, <laughs> then recorded with Pitch Shifter. That's the he just th- kept failing upwards. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah, he, st- he created Garfield, <laughs> makes billions of dollars <laughs> off of merchandising, <laughs> and then <laughs> fails up <laughs> by playing with a big beat band. <laughs> no one remembers <laughs> except for us. <laughs> oh god damn <clears throat> um but uh but yeah so that's the the main four uh who who worked on this album now uh, there's an additional additional musician keith york who did uh, drums and percussion samples meaning that he would like was uh, a live drummer but he went in the studio and they would record him playing and they would like capture a snare here kick drum there whatever the, the case and piece it together. And you kind of hear that throughout the album as well, because yeah. the drum sounds change a lot as you're listening <laughs> yes. to this. But it's like still somehow cohesive. I don't get it. It's like yeah. hearing the horns inside that filter remix. It shouldn't work, but it does. Right. You know, the production on this album is top fucking notch. Mm-hmm. Like we've listened to some albums that had some pretty questionable production. Some had some really good production. I would almost argue that the production on this is as good as the best that we've listened to. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, what's the what's the main guy's name? Um, the uh, J.S. Clayton. J.S. Clayton. Uh, yeah. uh, I believe I, I was trying to find any information that I could. I saw something that I guess he uh, like now teaches like a class on production, like music production, which I'm like fucking makes perfect. sense. Yeah, yeah he's, like, he's the one to go to. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the earlier uh, people who were going into like ele- electronic sampling as opposed to, uh, you know, classically samples at that time had been uh, not done through um, electronic means. They were rather like played off of a, a of, off of a record. Yeah. Um, you know, they may be tracked or something like that, but they weren't like programmed from a computer. Like I remember one big thing. You remember like I think it was uh, the garbage album, like garbage 2.0 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember specifically in the, in the liner notes, uh, there was, uh, something that was like, this album was recorded entirely on a Macintosh computer. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because everything it else was a is novelty. done. Right. Everything yeah. else was done by like dat tapes, like, mm-hmm. which were, uh, you know, like just old school, like, you know, magnetic tape. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously it was like high quality, um, and it could, you know, uh, sounded great, but um, that was a big thing to record, like strictly through a computer only. And I have a feeling that this whole thing was done the same way. Do you think that's why Magneto from the X Men was so pissed off so early on? Is because he yes. wanted to record a mixtape, but he couldn't get in the studio because it would demagnetize the tape. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought too. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Nice that's why he only on. stuck to the wax. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll put together a. Vital album, Charles. <laughs> he had no problem getting cartridges, though, because he could just make them out of metal. Yeah, that's true. Does anybody know what we're talking about? <laughs> Are we recording right now? I think I forgot to turn this on. Think, hold on, there we go. <laughs> Check one, two. <laughs> um, so, uh, well, speaking of production, this album was produced by Machine, which I was like, are they calling, like, what that means? And uh, it's... This guy, I forgot his actual name. Uh, matter of fact, let me let me look it up because it's like there's a reason why he changed it. Mac Heen, Mackenzie <laughs> Heen. Um, no, Machine's real name is Gene Freeman, and um, he's a an American music producer, and he has produced uh, songs 
Hold on. <laughs> cool. Trying to get back. Uh, where am I at here? He produced music by the aforementioned Head PE. Not oh, not wow. the album we listened to, but bro, right. the, the next one, the one that we'll see how that goes. Um, so Head PE, Lamb of God, Suicide Silence, and say it with me: one, two, three, Fallout Fa- Boy. Oh, okay. So I was gonna say that. Damn. Yeah. Really, Fallout mm-hmm. Boy. Yep. Hmm. Okay. Um, I don't know much. I like. I think I've heard like one or two songs, and I was like, "This isn't bad," but I don't know anything mm-hmm. else about them. Well, that's all you need to know. Okay. From the producer who brought you Suicide Silence album. What? Brings you Fall Out Boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're not bad. I don't know. They're inoffensive to me. Uh, I, th- I think they're okay. I like some of their songs. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, this is the fourth studio album by Mijur's Pitch Shifter. Um, on their first three albums, they were like independent label type of recording. So this is their right. first one on a major label. And they changed a lot between album three and four. Oh, really? uh, this being okay. the fourth one. So one is they changed the way their name is styled. It used to be pitch and then a space and then shifters, two words. And with this album, they made it one word and they got a brand new logo that they use going forward and all that stuff with their previous work. Um, they were, had a much different sound. Okay. Um, have you, I remember buying this album, Infotainment, back in the day. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I didn't realize there's more Pitch Shifter. This was before the, the follow-up to uh, .com came out. It was Deviant. Yeah. So I found this album, Infotainment. I was like, oh, sweet. There's more of this. And um, I mean, I like the album cover. kind of looks like Pitch Shifter-y, right? Oh, yeah. So it's, it's like, like old 90s CGI. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Um, but I put the album in my CD player of my car back then and i was i was so hyped on the dot com album i was like oh i bet their old stuff is good too um it's different it's different so i'm gonna i'm gonna play a song for you right now this is track three from infotainment called underachiever oh hey i know another similar band that has a song by the name of underachiever it reminds me of pitch after junkie xl yeah (laughs) wait oh Yeah, here we go. Wow. Much more harsh vocals and more straightforward. There's not really a groove to the song. like. So this is how they is. got the new metal moniker. Yep. Because I, too, was like, but are they? Like, when I was doing my research for, for adding albums to the timeline, I was like, Pitch Shifter is? Because, like... Like, I like the album. I wouldn't have necessarily considered this new metal until I thought about it in the context of what they were. And this album came out in 1996. Oh, wow. So, okay. yeah, just within those two years, they uh, they really changed up their sound quite a bit. I don't know how much of that is specifically because of other new metal. Like, I don't know how influenced Pitch Shifter was by Korn or Deftones or... Obviously, we're all influenced by Cold Chamber. But yeah. um, I feel like there's more of an influence from big beat music like The Prodigy or Chemical Brothers, that type of thing that's yeah. going on in England versus, you know, any of the new metal stuff. It just kind of like, it's almost like parallel thinking, you know? Yeah. They just kind of found themselves in this soup of all this other stuff. Yeah, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. This makes the new metal stuff make way more sense because that was one big thing I had to talk about was like, is this new metal? Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I'm kind of coming down on the side of no, this album is this this one that we're listening to is sounds to me like a lot more in that vein for sure. Of new metal? Yes. Oh, really? Because I ha- I feel the opposite way. Like this feels very like industrial to me. You know what I'm saying? Like very. Uh, I think I saw a quote somewhere where they called this like death industrial or something like that, just because of the like harshness and deepness of the vocal. Okay. Yeah. Like there's still some samples in there and whatnot. Yeah. It definitely feels more rock. Mm-hmm. Um, like rock and roll, brother. Yeah, it sounds like there's a live human being at each of the instruments yeah. that are played on this. Whereas, like the dot com album sounds entirely like, produced. Yeah, like it sounds like it's made in a computer, yeah. but in the best possible way to right, me, for you sure. Know? Um, and but, I'm a fan of all the the. That wave of, of music we were talking about, like Junkie XL and mm-hmm. Chemical Brothers, Crystal Method, all that kind of, uh, that wave that came in the late 90s that sort of disappeared. Hey, new show. What's that? To, to, techno Colony. Te- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Look, we'll get there. We'll get there. Don't you worry. There was a lot of albums back then that I feel like have been forgotten. I feel like new metal still has like, um, even though it's maybe not um, like, like popular anymore. Like people remember Corn and Limp Biscuit, right? Yeah, we um, won't shut up about it. Yeah, I know. We definitely have not no, forgotten. No, um, but I feel like you know, Crystal Method, Chemical Brothers. Like, um, does anybody talk about those bands anymore? Does anybody like? Does, like I feel like even young people are like, yeah, we know who Limp Biscuit is. Mm-hmm. Like, n- granted, of course, you know, Crystal Method, Chemical Brothers never made it to the quite the the level that Limp Biscuit did. Maybe it's different in the UK. I, I assume they probably have like a uh, like a more of a presence there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that, like when people talk about music, that those types of bands just sort of. Well, I, I feel like for the big beat bands, like. Prodigy, Chemical Brothers, Crystal Method. I feel like that's like the triumvirate of the, the yeah. that sound, you know. Um, and even though like Chemical Brothers were still like, I feel like that was more overseas. That was like a bigger deal over there, you know. The rave culture over there was was a big deal. Yeah, and I, I think I think Pitch Shifter was was pretty involved at the time. They seemed, from what I can tell, mm-hmm. were like playing a lot of shows with a lot of those similar bands at the time. Like yeah. we say shows they're they're more like rave DJ sets, but mm. um, uh, yeah, I feel like they definitely had more of a presence over there. Well, like the same with new metal, like eventually like kind of mostly going away, but with a few surviving bands that kind of morphed into other stuff yeah. later on. I feel like the same thing is true of big beat bands where eventually you get um, Daft Punk and that just becomes the go-to whatever, you know? Right. Like, I feel like Chemical Brothers were on their way to being Daft Punk at a certain point. Like, that yeah. level of electronic And then they just started doing commercials. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, remember when Rob Zombie directed that Tide video or whatever it was? Did you ever see that? I do not, know. Oh. Yeah, he directed a Tide commercial. No. So, there's right. that. You can look it up on YouTube. This has been Nudist Colin, everybody. <laughs> I got to go watch this video now. Yeah. Everyone else, hang tight. <laughs>
Uh, that's wild. I did not. I did not know that Rob Zombie did a Tide commercial. It's crazy. Well, let me ask you this: Did you know that this album was recorded at PSI Studios and Protocol Studios in London, England, in it, and also at the Machine Shop in Hoboken, New Jersey, dude? New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I walk it in. <laughs> they went to the oldest Jersey in England, or whatever. I don't know where it was. Welcome to Jersey. Hello. And then they went to uh, New Jersey, and it's uh, just straight up trash. Um, but uh, also, uh, let's talk about the sales. Um, this album, like we had previously discussed, didn't sell a whole lot. Like, yeah. probably out of everything we've discussed. I don't remember what the initial sales were for uh, Power Man 5000, Coal Chamber, uh, Head PE, any of those lower selling ones. But this album is the highest selling album for Pitch Shifter at about... A little over 60,000 units in the U.S. alone. So maybe it was bigger in the U.K. I couldn't really find much in the way of statistics there. Yeah. Um, you know how some people buy a VPN and they can just watch stuff from other countries? <clears throat> I ha- uh, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> I have one that uh, restricts me from finding information out about other countries. <laughs> so I can't. I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. It's PVN. Patriot <laughs> virtual, virtual Network. That's right. <laughs> Blocks any of the Chinese communist, whatever. Mm-hmm. I only get my news from own. Honestly, Tucker Carlson, little too liberal for me. Yeah, I mm. I, I, I might as well be Bernie Sanders. I didn't like the way he put the X-Men in that pinball machine that one time. <laughs> Have you seen the memes about Dark Brandon? No, what is that? Oh, my God. Uh, I'll, I'll show you after the show. Okay, sounds it's, good. It's it's basically uh, people sorted it as a joke originally, like like how the the right fears um, uh, Biden. Oh yeah. Uh, y- you know, even though he's like been pretty much completely ineffectual and worthless for the mm-hmm. most part. Um, it was but only a, for the most part. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> almost entirely. Ninety nine percent. You give him, we'll give him, we'll give him a percent there. Uh, but they like they they're like so afraid of him, like he's like, turning America into a socialist country, even though mm-hmm. he hasn't done jack shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it started as a joke, like Dark Brandon's coming for the conservatives, <laughs> and then uh, within the past couple of months, he's actually been like, it feels like he woke up from a nap and is mm-hmm. finally like just trying to do something. Yeah, because midterms are coming up. Um, and so now it's like kind of taken uh, a little bit of a turn where people are like actually like. Um, not doing it in so much of a mocking way, and it's like <laughs> Dark Brandon just, you know, did the Student Care Act or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's a lot funnier if you because <laughs> <laughs> people put like dark, ominous music behind him saying like, like there's a video of him uh, eating ice cream, and they're like, "What are you eating?" He's like, "Chocolate, chocolate chip." Uh-huh. Eating it, and they're like, "What do you have to say to conservatives who say that you're s- soft on crime or whatever?" And they hold it back to him, and then like this dark almond, this like filter goes over, and this dark ominous music starts playing. And he goes, "They should eat chocolate, chocolate chip." <laughs> <laughs> He's taking that, like, and it's like him with like devil horns, like no more malarkey, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh it's 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 pretty funny i'm sure it's a it's a meme so by the time this comes out it will already be uh cringe af mm-hmm. um so uh but for right now I, I i got a slight kick out of it that does seem fun yeah like if you're gonna throw some jibs and jabs out there oh know, yeah mostly that sounds like a thing biden would say yeah i'm gonna throw some jibs and jabs at you. <laughs> yeah hey come on jack 
Watch my jam. <laughs> and I, apparently, he at one time just referred to uh, Trump as, listen here, fat. <laughs> I don't know if it was a tweet or something. I, I, I don't know what the context for it is, but a lot of the Dark Brandon memes are like, listen up, fat. <laughs> okay, okay. So, um, do we have any more? I do, yeah. I've got some, uh, a couple more bits of information so to support the uh, the album the the band played Ozfest of 1998 that's been my favorite movie Morbitus Morbitus <laughs> took me way too long to come up with that go ahead uh, yeah Ozfest in 98 and Livid which is an Australian alternative rock festival in support of the album I don't know how much uh, that led to sales but uh, it, getting the word out about this album in any way shape or form is good for humanity i think there's Agreed. just so much to like about it you know not to fully spoil my review of it but like well pretty fucking great it is good pretty fucking good um there were two singles released genius and microwave and then um we talked about the, the album title um i i don't know if there was something in the water for record labels back in the day but they it seemed like they had some kind of beef with the band or bands like promoting their own website because on Crazy Town's first album, The Gift of Game, uh, the last track on that album is titled Outro www.crazytown.com in order for them to be able to include their website on the album packaging because the, the label wasn't going to let them. I remember reading that in an interview. It's like, why wouldn't you want them to go there? They're on your maybe, label. Maybe because the uh, label doesn't own it? I mean, I I guess, but like, it's not like people were aware enough to like monetize websites back then. Yeah, you could like, monetize so new. shit, but it costs so much money to host a fucking server to host yeah. a website. So I, I don't know. It, it doesn't make sense to me, but I'm sure there's some weird. You know, Are you corporate... telling me the same music industry that exploited uh, Motown that exploited <laughs> thousands and thousands of artists over the year somehow? objected to an artist doing something on their own ross i'm saying these guys might be some no good nits good nits good nicks well david mm -hmm. geffen i thought you were a good guy mm -hmm. i thought you were good <laughs> um yeah so there's there's that uh well what else what else what else need a occupation um, let's see. Dildo maker. <laughs> okay. Get out of here, dad. Um, so yeah, as, as you said, the, the website registration eventually lapsed. So if you go there, it does let you, I guess, make a bid on it. So yeah, 63.95 in us human dollars. If you'd like to buy that, I don't know why you would, I don't know why it's that expensive, but it's available to you if you would like to buy it. Okay. Yep. Uh, let's talk about the cover art. The I got that. Art. I got that. No, I got that fucking loose change in the couch, brother. <laughs> I stop by the bank on the way home every day. I get seven thousand dollars in loose quarters. Load them <laughs> down my Jinko jeans and then go sit on my couch, brother. I could piss sixty five hundred signatures. <laughs> Send me that little tube. I'll fill it up. Shit's liquid gold. <laughs> Um, speaking of, can we pause for a second? I got to piss. Yeah. Christ. Yeah. We'll be right back. 
And we're back. Hey. Hey. Okay. So, sorry about that. Um, I had to tinkle. Look, we all have to do it. It's... Gotta let the mountain do it. All... <laughs> I can't top it. We'll just move on. <laughs> that was incredible. That was all worth it. That's why people come to the show. Speaking of uh, doggy on human sex, uh, what I was peeing, your dog uh, pushed the door open and mm-hmm. came in there and got real close to the crotch. Mm-hmm. I was trying to get him closer, but he started pulling away. And Yeah. I did teach him, uh, well, both parts of that equation, but, you know, yeah. like, you know. Don't let anyone force anything on you. Uh, but yeah, the new boy Taz, he's a little not good with personal space. Um, we're working on it. He's got training coming up. But um, yeah, he he means well. Uh, he's just a lot. He's a lot, of, a lot of energy. And I'm not tired. You're tired. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the cover art to this album. Cover art. Uh, I noted that it looks like distorted Americana to me, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, what else? Um, yeah, it looks like uh, kind of like a weird. If like if Americana got like like through a crazy lens and got distorted, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it reminds me of. Yeah, interesting. My own personal take on it. Okay. Uh, no, it looks like um, yeah, it looks like the uh, you know, like the classic fifties um nuclear family uh nuclear. But, yeah, but like literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like no, it uh, it's like uh, uh, something's wrong in Leave It to Beaverville. Kind of a kind of like were. a you know how like in uh, Black Hole Sun the video like the faces would like get like weird and distorted. Oh yeah, uh, that's what it kind of reminds me of. Yeah, kinda. I see that. Yeah, I've not seen the music video, but yeah, you've never seen Black Hole Sun. No, I can't. You can't. Not supposed to look into a sun. <laughs> Idiot. Uh, Donald Trump did. <laughs> Well, do you, do you remember pictures whenever there was that eclipse <laughs> yeah. and he was just like pointing? Like, <laughs> Way to go, fat. <laughs> uh, look, not to body shame anyone, but he's not no. anyone. He's a real garbage piece of shit. So <laughs> fuck him. Um, plus, we all know. We all know. Uh, let's talk about the band's <coughs> sound, right? So it's a. a from what we listened to before from infotainment, it's a uh, vast departure from the previous music and it had a more raw underground industrial sound and uh, vocals akin to death metal. And um, uh, yeah. Huh? Yeah. Oh, no. I'm still going. Uh, the album incorporates elements of, or this album incorporates elements of industrial metal, drum and bass, and break beats. And uh, I think this is just me speaking. Hi, I'm Brent. Uh, a little bit of like old school punk, like uh, an aesthetic of old school punk in there. Yeah, especially with the lyrics, mm-hmm. big time. It's a yeah. uh, big time anti-establishment, uh, anti, uh, you know, conservatism. Um, uh, the lyrics are very, uh, I, I would say, you know, pseudo anarchist, leftist, socialist. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very much the. I mean, they're not trying to hide that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I did find it interesting. Um, oh wait, no, hold on. I'm getting another band confused. Uh, scratch that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I also, after I was listening to this, I listened to some Atari Teenage Riot because it kind of got oh, me in the mood. Shit. And yeah. uh, uh, I, I was listening to some of them and uh, read that I guess like the lab- they got signed to a label and they weren't producing the music the label wanted, so they kicked them off the label. And then uh, Mike D uh, signed them on to. Uh, uh, Mike D, the rapper that we played at the end of the Deftones yes, the episode, guy we, the guy we know. Oh my we god! Wow, that's incredible. No, what's his uh, bugle? No, what is it? 
fuck his label. Oh, uh, Grand Royal. Grand Royal. Yeah. Um, wait, Atari Teenage Riot was on Grand Royal. Yeah. Holy shit. I know, right? Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's what I was thinking about. Anyways, okay. Because <laughs> yeah. they just they, they remind me a lot of 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 so many different bands. Not 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 in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just like when I was listening to this, it was like took me kind of like in a rabbit hole where I'm like. Oh man, I used to love this type of music, and I really haven't listened to like a whole lot of like that late '90s industrial stuff in a long time. Mm-hmm. And so I was listening to like Atari Teenage Riot, and that led me into fucking. I started listening to Lords of Acid, and I just you know trailed off into mm-hmm. crazy land. Um, but uh, yeah, like th- th- I, I feel like uh, especially with like, like Atari Teenage Riot, uh, there's a very heavy political message with their music. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was obviously like a big thing, like the post Thatcher era in the UK, uh, where they were really pushing back against like conservatism. Uh, and then of course, you know, you had the same mirrored thing over here with Reaganism. Um, and there was obviously like the, the big pushback in the nineties against that sort of thing. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a political album. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's very openly nakedly political, which I, I enjoy because I, I don't feel like people, make political albums anymore at least not like this they may make like like kind of political statements you know but they're not like you know like like taylor swift kind of like references gay people a little bit you know like Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) uh like who else is really making like who else of prominence is making like politically minded music kid rock obviously like well you got me there yep um this has been the nudist calendar <laughs> but uh yeah there the, i don't remember the like political stuff necessarily uh sticking out to me back in the day like i knew some of it was there yeah especially with their like second or the follow-up album to this which is called deviant and it has a, a cover that's like split down the center like half pope half the queen you know um, they got some like queen. they got some pushback on that album cover. I think um, I didn't look into that album too much. A but fuck about the Queen of England. I genuinely have no idea why there's a monarchy and then also a, like parliament? parliament. Like which is pick one. One of Parliament. Bow wow wow. You be yo. It's the only Parliament I respect, motherfucker. Well, the cigarettes, of course, obviously. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, I'm smoking a ciggy right now. Of course, it it makes you feel better. Only queen I listen to is. I want to ride my bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yes, this album has cleaner vocals than previous works. Uh, there's like sampled guitar parts in order to make songs, as opposed to just having the guitar player just play throughout a song, like a, yeah. like you would expect from a normal. Um, rock recording Normal or whatever. Band. Um, uh, there's a wide variety of drum sounds. There's cool electronic noises and loops and samples and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, like mostly has a basic rock structure, but with some overall more dynamic sounds involved. You know, I, I get a heavy, especially on a couple of songs, especially like the instrumental songs. I, feel, I get a very heavy Aphex Twin vibe from it. Ooh, good pull. Uh, we'll I wouldn't there. have thought that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I my next note is literally. Like a heavier, more straightforward Nine Inch Nails. I mean, yeah. That's... Yeah. Because there's some some points where they use just like noises as like an instrument. Yeah. You there's one I'm or saying? two songs that are really, I'm like, I could see this being on like a Nine Inch Nails mm-hmm. album for sure. There, there's something about like the drums on 
some of these tracks where it sounds so chaotic that I just imagine them like cackling to themselves in the studio. Like, can you believe we're fucking doing this? Is going to be a song that people listen to. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is going to be an immortal combat movie. This is going to be incredible. It's going to be like the highlight of that movie, and it was and Inter- always will yes. be. Um, and then uh, lyrically, like you were saying, uh, politics are involved. This is the most political that new metal has gotten at this point, yeah. right? Like, I, I can't really think of much of anything political like before this in the timeline, right? Because we've done like corn, we've done Deftones. I love Jesus. Go <laughs> little, by a gun. A <laughs> uh, little Limp biscuit. Um, but yeah, I, I don't remember like overt yeah. album length, like political type uh, of uh, messaging. Well, head P, but... <laughs> But that also he was like concerned about aliens, like for real. <laughs> yeah. um, but like like back uh, in the day, smart politics. I'll yeah, <laughs> back in the day, I I didn't pick up on the like political overtones so much as the like societal ones. Yeah, because there are certain ones in here that uh, or certain lyrics on this album that address like you know slavery and being like brainwashed and and following what the media tells you just because or whatever. And at the time this album came out, there was a lot of. Um, there were politics going on around this time. Oh, in 90- interesting. Let me check. Yeah. Yeah. April of 98. Yeah. There were politics going on. That far back. That far back. I know. Pre 9-11, if you can remember that. That far Everything's back. so political now. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't political back then. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the album's total length is 51 minutes, 50 seconds. I don't have any information on the girth of the album. Just like CD White, I guess. I don't know. Um. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> All right. Do hey, you, man. It's more about the girth than it is the length. That's why. That's what I say. Yeah. It's like it, unless you're packing a fucking tuna can, don't even bother, dude. <laughs> you don't even know. Um. All right. Well, do you want to? I want to see a tuna can sized dick. Well, I'll show you after <laughs> no, you show no, me. Let me see. You show me dark Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you tuna Brent. Um. All right, yeah, do you want to kick off the uh, the album here with track one, Microwaved? Microwaved, here we go. Got some beats, you know. Starts off with a percussive sound. Yeah. A portent of things to come. <laughs> yes. It's like the driving force of the album to me is all the uh, like percussive elements, yeah. drums, oh, and they- they really went above and beyond with the with the uh, percussion on this album. Yeah, and the vocals sound better. Like they're they're like kind of scratchy, like a rock vocal. Yeah, you would want. But there's like some a bit more melody to it. I think. Yeah. The guitar sounds like sampled, you know. Yeah, but it's like, definitely good. like chopped up and yeah. and and heavily uh, produced, edited, whatever. God, Rich loses his fucking mind. These drums, like, there's like a psychotic amount of cymbals on this song. I know. I would love to see this track out, like, on oh, a computer. Sure. It would just be like... You'd, you'd have, like, you know the little, like, scroll bar or whatever? You'd have to, like, hit the down arrow, like, eight times to get past all the cymbals on the <laughs> yeah. chorus. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Like, this, this is what got me, like on the Atari Teenage Riot thing because I was like this is oh. just like blast beats right here this oh and just... right we're getting ready to come up to the uh, drum and bass part here oh yeah hell yeah I love that the sound of the snare is great yeah 
Man. So That's a good production. It is. It is. And um, the song was featured on the video games Twisted Metal 3 and Test Drive 5, both for the PlayStation. Twisted and, Metal, eh? Yeah. Huh. I hear there's a show coming up. Oh. Twisted Metal show. Our, our buddy Mitch that hey. we're good friends with. Hey, bud. We're on a uh, text thread. Yeah. Uh, nudist boys. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Uh, maybe, I would. maybe one day. In my dream. We'll, we'll do an episode on Dave Matthews' band or whatever, and we'll have him come on. I'm going to just put this out there. Nick Weiger, I will suck your dick if you talk to me. Oh, boy. You have, a, you have to loosen your jaw. I'm going to be job. bad at it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't uh, promise teeth won't be involved oh, with that God, hog. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Nick would be, or uh, Mitch would be about Anyways. Let's uh, stop talking about sucking a dope. <laughs> uh, this is my favorite song on the album. I decided, like, I, I did a lot of soul oh, searching. Okay. You know, I don't believe in souls, but I had to find one just so I could decide what I want to do. Um, and yeah, this is gonna be my current favorite song on the album. It's which has changed wildly over the course of listening to this album for what 15, 20 years, however long. Yeah, this album's been out. It's just a cacophony of sound coming at you. It's a lot. There's a lot of change up in the drums, but I love all of it. Yeah. There's that part. I will admit, I don't know if this is just me getting older, but I was listening to this like at, at work today, and maybe it's because I was a little bit, I was dealing with a lot of stuff at work. I started to get like... <laughs> you were drunk. I was shit house. <laughs> I had been snorting cocaine and drinking since like... Seven this morning. Well, it's Wednesday. I don't, for some reason, I got nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but like I literally like halfway through this album, I was like, I gotta, I gotta take a, I gotta take a breather, I gotta yeah. take a break for a second. It's a lot. Like it's uh, not a relentless album. There are like some some peaks and valleys, but for the most part, it's just filled with fucking bangers almost it's, all yeah. the way through. Yeah, truly. And it just it, it, it's it's. Assaultive in a good way. Is assaultive a word? Assaulting. It's assaulting in a good way. I Yeah, like that's what I said in court. <laughs> oh, boy. Mm-hmm. All right. I can't say anymore. Let's move past that. But anyway, uh, you want to move on to track two then? Uh, we already kind of did. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the second song is, hey, following the new metal. If, if anything, they're sticking with the new metal tradition of if there's a number in your song, that's the number that you put it at. That's right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always happen, but when it does, that means there's quality, like behind the thought process. Yes. Yeah. Um, for this song, I don't have a lot to say other than I like it. Okay. Uh, my Good note. Baseline. My note for this is the song has a cool gallop to it. Like it seems like some digital horses could be running on a digital track. You know. Okay, I get it. There's a little, like, just like a looped CGI. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah, I get that. Like, the sound of the kick drum is the sound of the hooves hitting the dirt okay yeah i hear it <laughs> yeah Brick's doing like, a horse motion right you know now? those those um you like put a quarter in them outside of a grocery <laughs> machine <laughs> it's just like ride a rocket ship or whatever sometimes it's a horse yeah. you throw the song on a like speaker box you hop on that little like quarter horse and you just ride that shit out for the rest of the song to this song yeah, yeah keep a keep like two three quarters on you just make it through if you need have, to when's the last time you saw one of those machines i've never seen one in real life <laughs> only in movies really? have i seen one of those yeah oh i remember like grocery stores used to have them outside i i, I don't you didn't I, go to grocery stores I, when you were younger i refu- i was not allowed okay that mm-hmm. makes sense i kept jacking off to the comic section 
I was like, but did you see what Jughead had on? It was the last time he saw a comic book section in, in exactly. grocery stores. And that's the problem. Hmm. We take grocery or comic books out of grocery stores. What happens? 9-11. America falls apart. You know what? This guy from Head PE told me that <laughs> there's a connection. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Honestly, this is all I have <laughs> for the song. I, I do like this song. I know. And that's it's tough because without a lot of context for some of this, it's kind of hard to talk about some of these songs in super depth other than to say that they're good. Yeah. It's a good song. I think this song is about like consumerism from what I can tell about the lyrics and having to like buy your like you said your sense of purpose all of that stuff you know yeah it's yeah without knowing like I couldn't even find an interview with them about talking about like oh this song was about blah 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 like so you kind of have to infer a lot but yeah it does seem like he's making like a like everything is being passed down second hand like maybe like cold uh, like economically like they're just getting like the scraps from the rich people maybe um that's my take on it yeah i don't know um uh secondhand lives pacified by now pay later mm-hmm. um so maybe like also kind of like buy now pay later like credit is bad i mean you kind of need it to make your way in the world though unfortunately brent works at a bank that's right I gotta get all I to get that seven thousand so dollars worth of quarters from somewhere. I mean, so much debt to him. <laughs> that's, w- like, that's what we're doing the podcast. <laughs> he, bought, he bought www.pitchshifter.com out from under. <laughs> I think so much money. I overbid by seven dollars. <laughs> they gave it to me. Okay, so we can just uh, well, I guess we can just let this one play out. But the next one is, I guess, their this is their biggest one, right? I would say so. It's it's would be a the. Most one of the most popular songs, I would say the most popular song. Um, honestly, what you said is accurate. I was just hoping that I could talk long enough to make it to the next song. Here we go. There we go. Track three, genius. <laughs> this baseline, dude. Fuck yeah. Four, five, six. Yeah, it's baseline rules. There's just like a nice build up to this song, you know? Yeah. And then you like kind of get here, and you're like, okay, where's it going? Oh, we got some synthesizer. Okay, okay, guys, I thought we were getting vocal. We're getting a synthesizer. Holy shit, holy shit, dude. Did not know. This is the most late 90s synthesizer effect I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like Crystal Method, Chemical Brothers, Junkie XL, yeah. Prodigy, everyone used that, which not not knocking it. I love it. Mm. But it's just so... It, it instantly takes me to like the Matrix, like uh, propeller heads or something. You could see somebody like hitting the key on the synthesizer and then like turning a knob to affect <laughs> yeah, it, you know? Yeah. Like, but I fucking love it so much, oh, yeah, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. And then here we go. We got to talk about the chorus, right? Here we yeah. go. Hit it. That stutter effect. I love it. It's great. There's like a slight difference in the fluttering between the first one and the second yeah. one, you know? Uh, that's so good. It is. Like, it catches your attention. Yeah. Like, there's a song that comes up later in the, the album where there's like a, a stuttering to where it like makes you think, oh, something is skipping. But like, you don't ever hear that with a vocal 
like that, you know, because the music is oh, still Lincoln playing underneath it. No, you don't ever hear it. <laughs> We're in 1998. That doesn't happen. Oh, yes. this hit me. That's right. Across, across the teeth. Yeah, that did look painful. Ow. But I won't apologize. I haven't heard this. Uh, the music uh, reminds me of Junkie XL a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not a bad thing. I feel like Junkie XL, that first... Is it the first album? No, when you say Junkie XL, you're talking about the guy who worked on the various Snyder verse films, right? Sadly, yes. Yeah. But most people probably know him as that. Yes. But uh, if you go back to the first Junkie XL album, mm. uh, is so good. we were we fucking loved that album. Uh, uh, what was that? Uh, Saturday Teenage Kicks, or is that a song title? Fuck. I'm Saturday. Happy. Yeah, that sounds right. I'll look it up. I love this little, like, it seems like the song is winding down here, you know? Yeah. Ah, that part's so good. A little, like, synthetic hyena laughing in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, same year as, as this, Saturday Teenage Kick when uh, the Chucky oh. XL album came out. Yeah, and it, it, if you're only familiar with the Zack Snyder stuff and you're digging what we're listening to now, I highly, 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 highly recommend going back and listening to that album. It is a banger front to back. Well, if anyone has ever seen the first Wesley Snipes Blade movie... Hey, good point. Uh, dealing with the roster is the... Uh, with the roster! Two-face! Is the, uh, the club scene. The blood, yeah, that's the right. The blood shower scene. Dude. Dude. Blade Tell him with the roster. Get fucked. <laughs> that movie fucking rules. Mm-hmm. Actually, all three Blade movies rule in their own special way. I would argue. Uh, I, I did rewatch the the Trill um, a year or the so ago. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like I didn't hate the third movie as much as I did in previous viewings. You know, like there were parts of it that I liked. Uh, still my least favorite of the three, but sure, yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure, least favorite of the three, but also Jessica Biel, she's hot. Ryan Reynolds is hot, you know, he's hot as hell, and he's like proto Deadpool in that proto Wade yeah. Wilson. I like mm-hmm. to think of it like he's Wade Wilson and before he got cancer. Wow. Um, and then uh, also the fact. Uh, that once you hear the behind the scenes that Wesley Snipes was a fucking prick the entire time throughout the shooting of the movie, but uh, makes me laugh. Although it's probably annoying as fuck to deal with. But he was a prick to David Goyer, who which, wrote it, <laughs> who is in and of himself a fucking prick. Uh, fuck David S. Goyer mm-hmm. for fucking ever. Yeah. Um, it really saddened me. Did you watch a new uh, Sandman show? No, not yet. No. Really, really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then I saw at the at the in credits, uh, like David S. Goyer was one of the producers. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. God damn it. He's, but yeah, but so was Alan Heinberg and Neil Gaiman. So yeah. I'm like, OK, well, obviously the good parts came from which there wasn't really any bad parts. Uh, but I feel like David S. Goyer, it's like a WB thing. He's just got to like get his dick in there somehow. I, I think so. Yeah. Anything that has to do with any sort of DC comic, he's usually like an adaptation of it into live action. He's yeah. Usually a part of it. But Alan Heinberg is a uh, Tulsa boy. 
He's from here. Is he really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. The man who brought you Young Avengers and also the OC? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's, he's got cool a stamp of quality, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Young Avengers is one of the best um, like non-comic book writers coming to write a comic book examples oh I've ever seen. Yeah, it was almost too good because there were <laughs> examples that, that followed him from different industries over the <sighs> comics that were less than stellar, but yeah. that's okay. Um, before we get off the topic of genius, that music video won a Kerrang! Award in 1998 for Best Video. Oh, wow. Yeah. I I meant to look up the videos for yeah, this. I, I always forget I to do that. I didn't do um, that. I should have done that. But, That's, uh, I say this every time. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, I'm driving home after work to record with you. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm simply not going to do I this. Think I'm home and jerk <laughs> off to yes! furry porn. Of course. I got to get it out of me before we start. Um, you want to move on to the next track? Do you have anything um, else for Genius? Uh, uh, Blade Two is the best Blade movie. All right. Wow, controversial. I mean, I that used to be my feelings, but then when I rewatched the trilogy, like the first Blade, just hit for me. God damn it, Blade! It's <laughs> <laughs> my whistler. All right. Uh, next up, we have Civilized with an S instead of a Z. Love this sample. Love this sample. Sounds like somebody's exploring a cave in a movie. Hell yeah. Oh. Water? Water from the stalactites? No. Onto a stalagmite. Might fall on you. Tight is tight on the ground. I thought you hang tight. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't we just call them uh, stalag top and stalag bottom? There you go. Mm -hmm. Stalag power bottom. (laughs) That's right. I was was going to say, I was going to be you know what? Fuck it. Never mind. Yours is better. <laughs> we got there at the same time. That's yeah. all that matters. So there's this definitely sounds like a new metal guitar to yeah. me, you know. This is one of my favorite songs on the album. Really? Okay. Um, I feel like there's a, a lot of repetition in the lyrics, but almost in a way to where it's like the way old school hip hop samples vocals from other records. Yeah. Like it's there as a just like a, a different instrument you know right it's like it's like almost like the, the the uk club scene at the time like the rave scene which where they would just take like snippets of here something here and there and then just kind of like loop it over and over but like that's the case with a lot of songs because yeah here we go yeah get your fucking neck in there the guy back there with those <laughs> tambourine fucking tambourine he's going hard <laughs> get him randy <laughs> I just love the, it's bouncy, you know? Well, I think it works. Yeah, the, like, roll of the snare here. Yeah. Like, on that first verse, it was like, snare, 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 kick, kick, kick. And I love this, like, how it's, like, all, like, like, upstrokes on a guitar, but I don't think it's a guitar, but it's got this weird, like, off-kilter kind of, like, Mm -hmm. I remember hearing this interview with Rick Rubin about working with Linkin Park, and he said that when he was producing one of their albums, he said it was like fascinating because they would get into a studio and like make a song, and then after the song was finished, then they would figure out how they would play it live. And that seems like something Pitch Shifter would do here, because it does seem like it's just loops and samples in a computer that they chop up and arrange, Yeah. and then they're like, well... How do we 
play this. Like, if it is just upstrokes on the guitar, like you were saying, like, how do you make that work for that, like, entire guitar part, you know? Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Like a big, like, stand-up bass or something. There's, like, a power drill in the background. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't work, but it does. Hey, you know. Man, we had a Makita in the studio that day, dude. We had to do it. We had to do it. Like it, it is funny to look at the lyrics to the to these songs on Genius, because like some of them have like, um, you know, a decent smattering of lyrics, but some of them are just like maybe like eight lines of text, and that's the entire text yeah. for the song because so much of it is repeated. And the know? chorus is like four words. Yeah. Again, kind of coming in with like the political stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's not like... Got a good build-up. Mm-hmm. I love that bounce. It's kind of it's kind of new metal. Kind of yeah. got a new metal bounce to it. That's what I'm saying is this seems like it has more of a groove to it than, you know, any of their previous music. So yeah. I think that's why they get added to the new metal canon. Right? Um, yeah. I know we're not there yet. But I, I will be interested to get your thoughts on the next album that we review. But so that's a little tease for you and the audience, okay. I guess. I, I've purposely not been looking at what we have coming up just so I can be surprised by it. I won't let you. No. 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 I, I've got barriers in place. <laughs> mm-hmm. I tried to in a. Uh, what's funny? <laughs> dog bit me yeah on your nards dude um so we'll move on to track five uh subject to status mm-hmm. the british way of saying it status subject status oh status in it in it in it my teeth are subject to status <laughs> so i don't brush them right it's terrible god damn okay yeah subject to status yes i thought it was like status back in the day it, like that's how we pronounce that word, right? Correct. Status. Yes. Yeah. They yeah, yeah, obviously um, get fucked, Queen. But um, I can't, I can't imagine him singing it any other way. You know how like sometimes you'll hear music and you'll find out after the fact that oh that singer is like British or something, and you're like oh I didn't, yeah. I didn't pick up on that. This is like kind of obvious to yeah. me. Yeah. Some of it, but not in a bad way. You know. Oh no. I, I kind of appreciate that. I like when a British accent comes through in music. Like. In the title, Civilized, it's spelled with an S instead of a Z. Civilized, you know? Oh, yeah. Then we took it, we were like, no, fuck that, dude. We're going to put a fucking Z in that shit, bro. Yeah, it's good. I love I those love drums, that. dude. Duh, yeah, duh, duh. yeah. You know, it's like, metal. Like it's it's got like or like where it's like bop, 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 bop. this this part right here. Turn this oh. part up with all the like crazy drums here. Like it's like you can hear it spliced together, right? Yeah. I saw Pit Shifter live uh, when uh, Incubus was touring on their Make Make Yourself album. 
So Pictures it was for open for him? Yeah. Holy shit, that's Dude is rad. awesome. And they played this song live, and when it, I was like, oh, weird. Like, how are they going to do the drums? Because that part is so, like, chopped up and everything. Yeah. But, like, they had a live drummer, and he fucking did it. Like, the only thing is, like, because he was hitting live cymbals, the cymbals rang out. But otherwise, like, the drum triggers on there were, like, had to be next level. Or maybe there's a guy back there, like, throwing fucking switches, like, uh, yeah. Igor trying to activate Frankenstein's monster or some shit. But, like, like all the different sounds that were included in the various, like, kick drums and snares and shit, like, that guy was on top of it. And he was a fucking beast. He was made entirely of arms. That's that drummer. fucking awesome. It was was it all electronic drum set? Uh, I think it was, like, a live drum set, but, like, it had the had little, like... Triggers. Yeah, like, uh, what am I trying to say? Around, like, the drum head or whatever. Right. Uh, it had the little, like, sensor on there. But it was, like, a live drum kit. At this, this part. Yeah. Like, he was going fucking off. You have to. Yeah. I cannot imagine playing this live. And then he got to this part. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> there's, like, a nerd that comes out and pours... <laughs> Water, pour some Avion on some guitar strings. Get him, Kenny. I don't know why, but this picture of Garth Algar from Wayne's World. Like, <laughs> really doing some like shoulder work in the drums. I watched Wayne's World like last week. Oh yeah, really fucking slapped so hard. I love that movie. It holds up one thousand percent. Yeah, I want to rewatch it. Makes me laugh so hard. I want to do back to back Wayne's World and Wayne's World Two. Wayne's World Two is fine. Yeah, it has that uh, Mike Myers sequel thing where it's like even better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I've seen Shrek Two. It's like um, he he can't help but just like. Well, it was funny the first time, baby. Like, I don't know why I did Austin Powers, but I mean, like, literally, it's like Austin Powers is just like the first one, super fucking funny. Second one, you're like, okay, it's a lot of jokes I've seen before, but just done in a slightly different way. It's still mm. kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Then by the third one, you're like, oh, he just does the same thing. And just <laughs> slight variations on a theme, I assume. Mm. Mole. Yeah, I get it. Fred Savage has a mole. Mm. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the first Wayne's World movie is impeccable. Um, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> the part where they where they meet uh, Alice Cooper. Oh yeah. <laughs> Actually, Wayne is pronounced Miliwake, which means <laughs> land of the plenty. And then the the, the, the I, I'm I'm gonna fuck it up. Uh, that part goddamn fucking kills me. It's great every time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does this kunai does. Does this guy know how to party or what? But he just looks at it. <laughs> <laughs> Dia Carrera's hot in it. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the first time I remember being like, cause my, uh, my mom took me to see that in the theaters when I was like nine. Oh, okay. So I was like young. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember Tia Carrera, like when at first, when she's, she's, you first see her at, at like, Gasworks, that, that big club that I, that as a kid, I assumed all clubs would be like when I got older, where there were like hundreds of people in there and it was like multi-layered and it was like so fucking cool looking mm-hmm. uh, and not at all representative of what any club I've ever been to looks like. Um, but she's up there playing um, uh, like a, like a, I forget what she's playing. She's playing Fire? 
Uh, no, she's she's playing she's playing something, and it's like really heavy and hard. And Wayne Caesar. <laughs> Ooh, Dreamweaver, mm-hmm. I believe you can get me through. I, God damn it. Like, that whole movie fucking kills me. It's like the entire basis for my comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I could talk for hours about Wayne. Let's, let's, let's talk about Wayne's World for now. Okay. <laughs> it's a Wayne's World podcast yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next up, we've got uh, W-Y-S-I-W-Y-G. Track six. What does that stand for? W- William Young sure is... White, you know, girl. <laughs> uh, or, I guess, if you want to have your own interpretation of it, you might say, what you see is what you get, which is like a computer term, right? You're a computer. What? No. What? What you see is what you get? Yeah. Wizzy wig. Right? What you see is what you get. <laughs> Am Let's... I not saying it loud enough? <laughs> <laughs> That's how information works. I know this. <laughs> Wycliffe. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, never mind. No, okay. What's <laughs> <laughs> an actor to that starts with Y? Uh, Wycliffe you song <laughs> said. Hey, Wy- Wycliffe uses. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, damn. Uh, so this little, like guitar part or maybe it's bass i don't know whatever it is but it reminds me of what it sound like if you hook a distortion pedal up to a pig not the squealy part but yeah this one's a goddamn banger yeah such a banger uh this song was on a um if you bought follow the leader the corn album that has not come out yet in the timeline of this album um uh, there was a if you went to like Best Buy, uh, they they had like a, a special like incentive at these various different places. You went to Walmart, uh, you wouldn't go to Walmart, like Target or whatever. You get like some special bonus CD. Best Buy had this one that had like a 19 track like mix of various songs that Corn liked. Yeah, and they like threw them on there. This song was on there, so this is the second pitch shifter song I heard. And I remember hearing this. I was like, "Holy shit!" It was like the Life is band. Peachy sampler or something like that. Right? Well, that was that was a, uh, yeah, I think so. Oh wait, no, no, not Life is Peachy. Peachy. Follow the leader. leader yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, okay, yeah. But there's all kinds of shit on there. But yeah, um, yeah like I remember hearing the song. I'm like, "Holy shit!" Like yeah. first genius. Now this, they've got two songs that are good. <laughs> I wonder what their <laughs> other stuff looks like. And that's or sounds like. And so that's why I ended up buying this album. Yeah, and I was very happy that I did. The song just slaps so hard. I certainly did the Dragon Ball Z uh, attempted power up to this uh, to this song right here. In hey, wait! Room. You weren't trying to get Dragon Rage, were you? Dude, I'm not fucking stupid. I was trying to go Super Saiyan. Oh, okay, good. God, do you think I'm lame? <laughs> get a clue, sassy. Get nine of them. Well, I guess it's slides. I think this is their most like straightforward song. Kind of, but like there are different like not necessarily like time changes, but they they go like half time yeah. here, I think, you know? Whereas like most of the song is fast, but this they slow down a bit. I love this. The build up right here. 
Hey, man, you, 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 you hit the shit out of the bail on that riot symbol, dude. Like, you don't hear a whole lot of lead guitar in new metal. No. But here it is. God damn it. <laughs> Squealy, but then also. God, I love that. <laughs> I love that. So fucking cool. Just throw like, I don't like, uh, I don't know. It's like, it, it, it sounds like the uh, the noise that you would hear whenever you touch the metal to the side of uh, the like metal trap thing in operation, the board <laughs> yeah. game, you know? So that reminds me of. I thought WYSIWYG was a uh, computer related term. Maybe. <laughs> I know Ed Piscor has that WYSIWYG comic that's about a computer hacker. And uh, I read that like years before, um, you know, because I'm fucking cool. Uh, I read years before Cartoonist Kayfabe was a thing. Huh. But uh, I'll take your word for it. It was good. Um, it's not something that is used in uh, <laughs> modern day computing terminology. Oh, really? Sort of like uh, uh, Gigo, garbage in, garbage out, um, like. I guess like BIOS is one that's still used, but like there's a Let's lot of Let's go BIOS. There's a lot of like old computer terms that nobody really uses anymore. So it may be like an older computer term, but um I have not heard anybody use You should bring it back. You work in the the tech realm. I do. Like if you fuck up something, tell your boss, "Hey, what you see is what you get." Like I don't know what in computing that would refer to. Like, like um ones and zeros. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I'm an idiot. It's all right there. Yeah, I'm gonna quit real quick. Let you should. You should watch this movie called um, The Matrix Two. It's all right there. Oh, mm-hmm. huh. Intel. It's all Sounds inside. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Look into it. Check it out from your library. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's good. I remember in uh, algebra. Uh, this is after the first Matrix movie had come out. Uh, our algebra teacher was like, "Today we're going to learn." matrices and there was like a sheet that they would hand out that was like you're going to make a numerical matrix and i was like fucking cool and then i didn't understand any of it (laughs) which pretty much sums up all math after like fourth grade that pretty much sums up uh matrices two three and four to me so yeah Mm -hmm. uh i understand there's stuff in there but like my brain does not absorb it there's uh there's a lot of like trans allegory Mm -hmm stuff that's in there oh wait yeah you just talked about it on Altas. i just listened to that maybe <laughs> I, was like, I just listened to a podcast where they were talking about matrix and trans stuff uh, uh you should listen to it <laughs> i'll check it out i'll see yeah. i'll see how it goes <laughs> i know i just listened <laughs> do you want to move on to track seven uh yes please sir please say may i have another you'll get a cane in the face is what you'll get <laughs> This is the fastest song on the album. At 176 beats per minute, this is the fastest song on www.pitchifter.com. More after the break. So this talks about one of our favorite things. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Comical books. Mm -hmm. Comedian books. This is... This is why we talk about comics all the time on the show, people. Uh, it's always been part of new metal. 
starting here. There is. No, I remember hearing this for the first time and being like, as a young comic book fan, being like, oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Damn. Like, it was something I just hadn't thought of at the time. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, that's not true anymore. Like, there's right. been, like, other superheroes. There is, like, at least one black Superman. I don't know yeah. if there's additional ones. Was it Sunman? No. Well, uh, was it, like, Calvin... I want to say Brodus, but that's Snoop Dogg. Uh, Calvin, he was like President Superman. Right, right, yeah. right. From Earth or yeah. something. He's the one that um, Ta-Nehisi Coates is writing that Superman movie that J.J. Abrams is producing. Or at least that was going to be a thing. I don't know. Shit. We don't know what happened to the Batgirl movie. Who knows what's going to happen to the Superman movie. Yeah, but uh, it was alleged that it was going to be a, a black Superman. It was like, oh, okay. makes sense, but like... Also, if Tanahasi Coates just wants to write, you know, regular white Clark Kent, he can, right? I love that line. Please, sir, tell me why there's so much vagrancy. Layabouts get a job. Well, there's an opening for a part-time Unabomber. I I always interpreted that song until I read that lyric today as a part-time union worker. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. Anarchy, baby. Tell me why, if God is love, I'm so dysfunctional. Brother, preach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this song's good. It is. <laughs> every, every song every on this album is fucking good, dude. Um, yeah, it's just, you go from one good song to another. Yeah. And it's all pleasant for my earballs. Yeah. It's good for, like, uh, working out. Um, oh, especially this. You do yeah. some deadlifts. Get your heart up to 170 ppm. Yeah, that that sound was the sound of your heart exploding. <laughs> this this used to be one of my. I, I think this was my favorite song there for a while. Yeah, I remember you liking this back in the day. Yeah, for some reason I distinctly remember you liking this. I just love the like drum and bass of it all. That really like. I really respond to that, the noise, and like the, the different drum sounds on this particular song. I don't yeah. know. It's fucking good. And the message, like, you know, why why is there no black Superman? KKK Kryptonite? I don't know. I just got that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Woo. Very crunchy. This this is more uh, uh, an audio uh, issue than it was the the song itself. So. Yes, uh, we're still having weird audio uh, things happening. Mm-hmm. There's a ghost in the machine. <laughs> uh, well, let's move on to track eight, disposable. My note for this is I get serious nine inch nails vibe from this song. I could see that. Woo. Oh, here we go. This acoustic guitar coming up is by Pablo Yeadon. And this is the stuttering. Like, oh, yeah. I remember the first time I listened to this, I like looked at my CD player. I was like, oh, is it skipping? You know? But no, it's yeah, just... Because you're used to like, the electronic noises mm-hmm. glitching, but an acoustic guitar glitching, it sounds... Like it's skipping, you know? This is not what it seems. 
I like how quiet the song starts out as. Wait. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I like that the song starts out quiet and it gets louder. Like, this is a loud part of the song at this point, but it's not the loudest part. Yeah. Um, I think this is the point, and we were listening, my wife and I were listening to this, we were running errands. Oh, my God. Yeah. What did and she think? She liked it at first, and then I think about here where she was like, maybe it was a song ago, where she goes, I like this, but they all sound the same. Okay. <laughs> and like, I get it if you didn't, if you don't have like a nostalgic attachment to it, I could definitely see where at a certain point this is going to start to sound similar. Yeah. But like it's, they all sound distinct to me, you know? Right. I, I know. It's all good to me. You don't know. She liked it, though. Yeah. She, she said it was fun to listen to. We'll give her a pass, but only because it's literally her birthday today. Yeah. So <laughs> you're recording here. <laughs> it is my wife's birthday, and I'm over here talking about new metal and comic books. Happy birthday, Katie. But yeah, this is the, the loudest part of the song. She just, listens. She's a listener. Just pure chaos, this is. Yeah. Is there a jungle beat in there played on top of like a break beat? I think they Not have right now, but I think they have that like 808 bass or a version of that. Yeah, this is like very nine ish Nelsy. Yeah. And then yeah, the like jungle bass right here. And how he'll put an acoustic guitar in there sometimes, mm-hmm. like yeah. on top of like electronic beats. Mm-hmm. I just imagine him putting on some like like a welder's mask and be like, I don't even know, dude. We're gonna try some <laughs> shit. That was a late 90s Trent. Yeah. Fucked up on drugs and just... Just like making some shit, you know? I don't even know how he came up with half the sounds. I don't think he even knows how he came up with half the sounds on some of those late 90s drugged out Nine Inch Nails albums. You know, I'm thankful they did. Uh, oh, yeah. God bless you all for your service. Starfucker. <laughs> Gotta love Starfucker. Yeah. Wait, is that who you're talking about or what are we talking about? It's like yeah, Resner. Okay, I thought you were talking about the the pitch shifties. Oh no, Nine Inch Nails had that song Starfucker Inc- mm-hmm. Starfucker Incorporated. I guess mm-hmm. say the whole name. Yeah. Do you think uh, they originally had? Can you turn it down? Yeah. <laughs> they originally had it as Starfuckers LLC, and they were like, eh, <laughs> I don't know, not feeling it. Yeah, this can get a little cacophonous at times, mm-hmm. in a good way. Yeah. But not when you're talking. Like, if you have your, like, earbuds full blast while listening to this album, your ass is going to be fucking deaf. As I did today. (laughs) And I started getting nervous. (laughs) (laughs) You you had a, like, pee spot in your pants that just, like, slowly (laughs) got larger and larger. It's just, I I enjoy it, but it's just, like, it's unrelenting. Um, Like, in a good way, but... When I'm trying to be like even keeled for work and you know like focus on something, it can get a little like chaotic mm-hmm. um, and a little hard to uh, slow down and focus on. Yeah, but um, I still fucking love it. Yeah. Um. So let's move through this. We got um, track nine, a better lie. Now I will say that my note for this is this listening today was when I started to get like. Okay, I, I need to listen to another song now. Mm. Like after listening to this, just like straight all the way through, mm. no pauses, no 
um, no breaks. Uh, like I got to this and I was like, okay, I'm going to go listen to something else for a second and come back. To this. Oh, like I, an entirely different, entirely uh, different song album, uh, or entirely different. Yeah. Album okay. artist. Um, not again, not in a bad way. Just, just at, like those, those beats coming at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if I was working out or if I was like, you know, doing chores around the house, that's one thing. But when I'm sitting at my desk trying to do like programming and I have to, I'm trying to concentrate just the, the unrelenting like blast beats in my ear started to get like, Oh, okay. Okay. I need to take a Xanax. This is a better lie. TM. This uh, song title has a trademark in it. It's my sole note for this song. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because again, it's like, I just like all these songs and there's limited information we have on them. Right. So at a certain point, it's just like, I like this one too. And that's, that's kind of it. Um, yeah. Very I, repetitious, but. I think the next song is uh, better. Better so, than a better lie? But my God. Lie, isn't it? Shit. Shit, isn't it? Shit, isn't it? Shit, isn't it? <laughs> Like pretty consistently throughout this album, it has good bass tone. Oh, like the, yeah. the bass is very distinctive, which in um There you go. There we go. Yeah. Certainly good, but Uh, it made me sweat. At this <laughs> <point>. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. It's like, oh man. Okay. It is cool, like that pitch shifter could play with, you know, any of the new metal bands. You know, they opened up for Incubus when I saw them. I would love to see that. And, show. and it was on uh, before the Make Yourself, like. It was on that tour cycle, which is like one of Incubus's. Yeah, it's when they started to become like a, a more. Before like, Drive blew up, probably. Yeah. So, yeah, they were it's playing some of their older stuff more. Matter of fact, Incubus didn't even play Drive. Oh, that song. Wow. It was like before that single was released. Man. Yeah. But uh, I like that Pitch Shifter could play there. They could also like open for The Prodigy, you know, play electronic festivals. Yeah. Any of that stuff. Yeah, they. And especially with what you played me earlier mm-hmm. that I never really listened to. You throw in some of those older songs. I'm going to have to go back and listen to some of those. Uh, I feel like you get a very, very, very varied, mm-hmm. extremely varied, um, uh, like, sonic experience. Got to go fast. Uh, <laughs> uh, a very varied, pregnant sonic experience. <laughs> I just came across the pregnant Sonic thing. Oh, not long just ago. now? Uh, it was like, uh, I think a few weeks ago. I don't remember what I was looking up to find it. Um, PregnantSonicPorn.com. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, is, no. Ru- is Rouge the Bat real? <laughs> is, is Rouge single? <laughs> is... Is Knuckles by? <laughs> In my head, Cannon, yes. Oh, man. Okay, next up we got In It. And now uh, this is a purely 
Instrumental. That's the word I was looking mm-hmm. for. Purely instrumental track. An instrumental in it. I throw. Look at my teeth. Man, how offensive this is to like English people. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking colonialists. I mean, we are too, but you guys were worse. Yeah. It's your fault. No. Come. I've always wanted to go to Britain to find pitch shifter and thank them for their service. Yes. yes. Okay. Well, we'll make a special trip. Piss on Margaret Thatcher's grave. <laughs> oh no! What happened? Is she okay? <laughs> She's dead. Is she all right? Um, <laughs> Princess Diana killed her. Uh, so yes, track ten. Uh, this is one of two instrumentals on yeah. this album, and um, literally that's it as far as notes go. Like this has some like drum and bass to it, but this is giving this. me heavy Apex Twin vibes right here. This is okay. Yeah, with especially with those like um, with those like time signature, just like wild time signature switch ups and like kind of like glitchy, uh, just kind of like manic. Uh, energy, I get, I get heavy Apex Twin vibes from this. Uh, I didn't really listen to Apex Twin back in the day, but I am disgustingly familiar with those album covers where he just looks like a goddamn creep. <laughs> didn't you have an Apex Twin album? I had buy several. one. Did you really? Yeah, I got. I, I was into them in high school, like a little bit into him in high school. But then when I went to college, I got super into them because. I got the Chris Cunningham um, DVD, which was like his like compendium, which was like every video that he ever did. So he did all of, of Apex Twins videos, in addition wow. to like a, a whole lot of other uh, bands. But um, you wouldn't, I mean, you've seen Apex Twin videos, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, also no. haunting. Disturbingly fucked up and creepy. Yeah. Um, and that's what got me in more, a lot more into Apex Twin. Okay. Um, and so I, that's when I like kind of deep dove into like the whole back catalog, and uh, really, really fucking love it. I gotta be in a mood for Apex Twin. Mm-hmm. It's gotta be like at night. I'm by myself, jacking off, I'm jerking off. It's three in the morning. Uh-huh. I just smoked a lot of crack. <laughs> you like to say it's my time to crack off. <laughs> we all leave you alone. Um, we we <laughs> we rap on the chamber door so viciously that it has to sound like a jackhammer, and then uh, we're like, "Are you cracking off in there?" You're like, "No." Then you come out with your your dick, it's just rubbed raw, just blood all over your crotch. Mm. Enjoy your breakfast, listener. Uh, Hunter Biden's like, "Who the fuck is that?" <laughs> All right. Shouldn't make fun of a man. Look, people would give give him a lot of shit, but like, dude, he's going through a drug addiction. Like, get get off his fucking back. Also, he's not. Biden didn't go. Look, I'm not. I fucking hate being put in the position of defending Biden, but also Biden didn't go hiring his son in the government like fucking Trump did. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, this hey, is a political hey. episode. We're getting political. Pitchers political. His name is Pat. <laughs> <laughs> Listen here, fat. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, I'm gonna have to fight. I, 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 there's got to be a time when he called somebody just not not called them fat, but addressed them as fat. Oh boy. Uh, also, you know, like uh, Biden, like uh, Bo Biden, uh, the dog. <laughs> Bo Biden, Bo problems. 
Uh, you can tell it's late. This is going to be our funniest <laughs> episode that no one listens to. <laughs> That's okay. This is for us. You know, we this do, is all for us. We do two for the listeners, one for us. Uh, but no, like he lost his son like in like war. Some war. Mm-hmm. Vietnam or some shit? No, it was like a, a Afghanistan, Iraq, something. Uh, but like, you know, he lost his son and then like, I think it's like first wife died or something. Them something or damn there's like a lot of like tragedy in like the biden family um so like you know like uh like hunter you know like getting into drugs and like i mean it's not like the people make such a fucking big deal out of it and it doesn't really seem like that big of a deal like i mean if not, anything not it us, makes you know? him more it makes him makes biden more relatable the fact that you know his family has struggled and they're not just all like rich pricks yeah, he's cool. Uh, he's a cool president. We finally got one. He's a cool president. He's not a great president, but he seems like a... I mean, I mean, Obama was cool. He was a cool guy, kind of. Kind but, of like dad vibes. A little bit. A little bit. Precursor. Yeah. Say no more. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so it. Uh, now, uh, what's in it for me? Some jungle vibes. Yeah, it seems like they did a bunch of gathering of various electronic music. Drum and bass, fucking jungle. Yeah, they like gathered all these samples and they had this like cachet of of all these different things. And they were like, I want to use this in a song. I want to use this in a song. I want to use this in a song, you know? And they they put together some like kick-ass music from it. Got a cool little like synth bass line there. Man, this is just like wild right here. Cause it's like Yeah, that was wild. Like if you think about like the structure of that part right there. Like it's almost like jazz where it's like it's not like a steady rhythm. It's like this part, then this part, then this part, then this part. Like and they're all like kind of different and like chopped up but like fit together. On the verses, you mean? Uh, yeah, like. I guess this is more like straightforward. I like that they were like, and eh, we'll throw a, a little like breakbeat thing in here, and then back to this, you know? Yeah. Well, it's got kind of that drum and bass where they're like, you know, like. Well, they're pitch shifting the entire time, you oh know, on God. different triggers. Oh, I we should have known. Got it. We should have known. Holy shit! We solved pitch shifter. <laughs> We've done it yet again. Um, I don't really have any notes on this. I only have one for the end of the song. It's um, it's essentially they repeat the chorus a couple of times toward the end of the song. Then it has this little groove, and it just makes your fucking bob your head you know hell yeah hell yeah dude what's that Ross is looking at his phone intently I just noticed that like the cover has like a lot of um like net code on it oh yeah Kind of wondering if any of this has anything, if there was anything behind it, like it would already be long removed or deleted. <laughs> yeah. This part, that groove. 
This is the That's part. New metal vibes. There. This is the part where they're gonna work the base of the skull. So this is track twelve. I don't like it. Spoilers. Turns out I do like it. This song, I mean. Oh, I put I really love the bass on this song. I mean, heavily distorted bass, but yeah. still a bass. That's the other thing is they like to just throw different effects on whatever instrument as they need to. Yeah. They're not worried about the bass always sounding exactly like a bass guitar. Yeah, it shouldn't. No. And if you think it does, then eat shit, basically. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Corporophilia. I don't know why uh, I know that. Doughboys. Yeah, <laughs> probably. I love Nick Weiger's depth of knowledge of perversion. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're like, is he doing it for comedy? Or <laughs> what percentage of that is something he's into? <laughs> I mean, you don't know. It's not zero. Right. <laughs> Very true. I think maybe it's like, because he, he works in writer's rooms and whatnot. Yeah. A lot of times it's like he's surrounded by comedy people. So right. there's probably and he's just tr- things that get brought up in, in conversation. And then he looks it up later and then he's like, oh, yeah, I know about eating shit, buddy. You know, he, he's a terminally online person, which I relate to heavily um, because like 99 percent of the stuff that he brings up, I, I know what he's talking about, which Probably says more about me than anything. Yeah. Uh, I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't throw uh, what uh, throw stones at glass buttholes. Buttholes. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but uh, he knows a lot about that deep internet shit, and I guess I do too. So I can't really. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I've been on 4chan. I, I, is that still around? Shout out to all my B-tards out there. <laughs> oh shit! Not really. Okay. Fuck all those people. I still go on there because I like to see the. <laughs> I like to see the scum of the earth. <laughs> uh, but much like this song, I don't like it, but yet I can't look away and I still go on there. I didn't even know that was still around 4chan. Was it 8chan a thing as well? Or is it? Uh, uh, well, it's. Yes. There's 8. Four chan started cracking down on like their free speech uh, because a lot of like mass shooters uh, were like spawned from there, and so then eight chan spun off from that. That was like we really don't give a fuck what you do here, and then that got shut down, <laughs> and then they moved to eight coon. Oh. Uh, but eight coon is a piece of shit. It's Jim Watkins who's like the help start four chan or well, kind of. I don't want to talk about fortunes. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to. You know what? Because this song is almost over. And then we've only got one final musical track. Musical track. Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
these Let's songs are talk. yeah. I was gonna say these songs are longer when we're just like waiting for them to end. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and this is not us this peeing is... on guitar strings. This is the beginning of track thirteen. Z X eight one. Oh, I believe you mean Z X eight one. No, it's Z. We're not in British Columbia or um, old England. You're a bloody wanker. In it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, this is another instrumental, the longest track on the album, seven minutes, thirty-four seconds, and uh, turns out, is it, is it ZX? Oh my god, I love the way that sounds. ZX, ZX? Yeah. yeah. Ooh, a lovely girl's name. That's what they say, Zed. The only Zed I will acknowledge is Lord Zed from Mighty Morphin Power I'm Rangers. Trying, I was trying to come up with a Zed thing to say, Lord Zed thing to say, and I couldn't. <laughs> Um, Rangers. But that's Goldar. <laughs> that's Goldar. Uh, well, okay. Uh, ZX81 was named after the Sinclair computer of the same name. The Clayton brothers took, uh, wait, took an intro to computing class using one and learned how to sample sounds using a computer. So I guess the song is an ode to that, more or less. Whatever. You can hear it. You can hear it. I like this, uh, but, you know, I don't know that we're going to have a lot to say about it. Mm -hmm. Again, uh, pretty heavy Apex Twin vibes from it. That, like, that thing feels very... And then, like, throwing in, like, half a blast beat. That's, like, a very Apex Twin just sort of, like, vibe. Yeah. Where it's, like, heavily produced and just sort of, like like really hard edit cuts between just a mishmash of like everything yeah it feels like frantic and like you're kind of like losing your marbles mm -hmm. uh, you're off your bollocks I don't know <laughs> what do they say <laughs> that's not a term I mean it can't be it should be it is now it shall be hear us Brits <laughs> Uh, yeah. Come so. after your limey asses. <laughs> it seems like being called a limey would be, like, something you'd want, right? Like, I like the flavor of lime. Yeah. Like. Wait, is limey for Irish people? Uh, I don't know. Who cares? They're all the same. What's the racist one? Uh, 8chan? Hey. Tell us. Sheep fuckers. Sheep fuckers, Inc. <laughs> She fuck us incorporated. <laughs> uh, well, in that case, do you want to move on to the actual final? Marilyn Manson got head in that video. I mean, okay, next up we've got... Well, real quick. There's no hidden track on this album, but there is no. a more or less like a bonus track, which is track 14 titled Free Samples, which is just straight up free samples that the band encouraged people to utilize in their own music. What's that? I like that sample. Yeah, John Carpenter's Halloween. Movie or yeah, something. Halloween. Oh, mm -hmm. oh, Hallows Eve, it? You were you were talking. <laughs> you were talking about uh, Mike Myers from Wayne's World. He was also in Halloween. You know. Oh yeah. It's the connection. He was like, Laurie, it's groovy, baby. Let me kill you. Yeah, but through a mask. Through a Shatner mask. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There you go. Okay, uh, so we'll just skip to the next song, because you, you get the idea. Yeah. Goals into it for yourself. I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, next up is 
Free samples. Free samples over here. Hey, free samples. Come get your free samples. This is literally just greatest radio of all time. <laughs> samples that Pitch Shifter used to make this album. Not every single bit of audio for this album, but no. uh, a good starting point. It's my favorite song on the album. <laughs> yeah, it's most dynamic. What do the lyrics mean? Yeah, come on. Um, PSI. Hell yeah. So in the uh, in the yeah. CD booklet, it says 50 free PSI samples for you to steal and use in your music. We only ask that you credit Pitch Shifter by name on any uses released containing, oh, Christ, uh, containing any of these samples. And uh, the band also requested a copy uh, of whatever you make uh, be sent to them, which I think is fucking cool. I love yeah, cool. that they do this shit. On the previous album, Infotainment, there are the last two tracks are this. They just like are free samples. Oh, wow. use. Yeah. That's awesome. So whenever we samples. recorded Booty Cash All Stars and you used some of these samples, did you send a copy to them? This is the thing. So I've used some of these samples before, but never in any recorded material. Because please believe me, I would have been elated to do so. This wasn't in the cards, unfortunately. This podcast is over. <laughs> the listeners are just cheering. <laughs> World peace is happening? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, that's all we had to do? Just shut the fuck up? Finally. Come on! (laughs) (laughs) That backwards thing is just the uh, letters PSI. I found that out. Is that Pitch Shifter Incorporated? Yes! Pitch Shifter Incorporated! (laughs) That's my Pitch Shifter voice. Not LLC. Um, so yeah, there, there you go. Um, what else? What else? Uh, yeah, I think we, we hit all the notes that, uh, I had for the album. What about you? Uh, yeah, this is a, this is a bing bang banger of an album. Well, bing bong banger. Bing bong. Oh my God. Come to bing bong. From, um, um, inside out bing bong. You ever see that Pixar? Nope. Disney? Nope. I don't watch that shit. I don't watch kid movies. Oh my god. <laughs> no, I've just never seen it. You tell me Bing Bong is not the shit. Bing Bong. Um so yeah. let's do let's Bing do <laughs> let's do ratings. Every album we talk about, we give a zero to seven new metal guitar string rating. Ross www.pitchshifter.com. How many strings are you giving this bad boy? Oh boy. Um I'm going to give this bad boy six Juno keys out of seven. What? Juno, Juno keys. Uh, Six Roland Juno keys. It's a synthesizer. Oh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to assume that equates to six. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a six, it's a six stringer for me. It's, okay. it's, um, it's not a perfect album for mm. me. Um, those are, those are only, only, only like Sugar Ray against Seven Street. <laughs> Sugar Ray, flawless new metal career. Flawless. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, no, it's, it's a really, really, really fucking solid album. There's not a song on here that I dislike. There's a couple songs on here that I absolutely love, but, um, I think that there gets a 
it, it hits a point where it starts to sound a little samey. Mm-hmm. And that's why I can't give it a seven string. Um, and it's no fault of pitch shifter. Mm-hmm. They have a unique style and they nail it every single time. But it is very much in like a pocket of like its own little pocket of music. Mm-hmm. And I think because of that, um, it's just not a perfect album. It's just a really, really, really fucking good album. Hmm. Okay. How about you? That's fair. That's fair. So you get like a bit of ear fatigue. I get. I, I got. Yeah, I had to turn it off at a point today mm-hmm. because yeah. I was just like getting. It's so frantic and so fast, which I can take and I love. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hit a point where I'm like, okay, 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 okay. It's yeah. If you're trying to do something else, like if you're trying to concentrate on like working or like filling out a spreadsheet or you know doing anything like that, this is what I was doing today. Yeah. Then this is not the album to listen to. Uh, for the duration of the album, you know, maybe right. like some songs here and now, there. Here's the thing. A seven stringer, I could do that with. Yeah. This is a six stringer. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. How about you? <sighs> I don't know. I've been, I've been thinking about this all day because when I started listening to this album, which was literally the day after we recorded the Deftones album, mm-hmm. I was so pumped to listen to this. And I was like, is this album going to hold up for me? Because I loved it back in the day, right? And I threw it on. And I listened to it all the way through. I was like, holy shit, this album's so fucking good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say I like I want to give this seven strings, but I don't know if it's quite there because it's like the, the songs that do hit, which is like most of them for yeah. me, hit. But then also I'm going to skip like the two instrumentals and the like free samples thing on, you know, when I listen back to it or whatever. Sure. But is it because the songs are bad? No. Is it, you know what? I'm just going to do it. This is a seven-string album for me. Whoa, I just got to do holy it. Holy shit. I, I, I have to do it. Damn. Because it, there's just enough on here that clicks with me that I'm like, yeah, this is, this is fucking great. We're okay. not too far off. No, and Holding no, Club no, no, is what no. this would be on Doughboys, right? So Yes. Yeah. Um, so where is New Metal at this point? Oh, boy. Because um, we've officially crossed the seas to international waters, right? True. We're in England at this point. And it's 98, and mm-hmm. they're on OzFest 98. Mm-hmm. So we're ramping up to, like, what I, I think I think of OzFest 98 as, like, America, here's new metal. Mm-hmm. Like, here's the new thing yeah. that everybody's, like, getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pitch Shifter, you know, was part of that. So, um, like you said, it opened for uh, for Incubus. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think they're, they're slotting in, and I think this... Um, if you think of new metal as being all these different things, like with you've got like kind of like a funk influence with like Incubus, um, you've got like more of like a metal thing with um, like a, your Seven Dusts. You got sort of a rap thing with Limp Biscuit. You've got sort of a, a sludgy whatever thing Corn does. Um, you've extended now a tendril out to industrial mm-hmm. and, yeah, and I, electronic I, related stuff. Yeah. I think you're going to see like some industrial influence start to bleed over as new metal progresses. You think so? A little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not to the extent that a lot of other things like, like rap obviously becomes a lot more prominent going forward in new metal where yeah. you see like uh, ice cube having corn on and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think that you could make an argument that like uh, production, like produced things, because like uh, like 
I know it's going to sound weird, but like with like Lincoln Park, um, you hear a lot of similar, like sort of like the glitchiness mm-hmm. um, that Lincoln Park uses. Yeah. Um, you could kind of attribute to this, like sort of like the hyper production where mm-hmm. it's not just like dudes jamming out and, you know, like recording it. Mm-hmm. It's like there's like a produced element coming into this with like your Lincoln Parks, uh, maybe some of your like later Deftone stuff um uh where they they get more into like electronic uh an electronic side of things mm-hmm. so not not the 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 techno industrial whatever is not as influential as a lot of other genres are going to be on new metal but i think it's part of it mm-hmm. and so you go to you go to Ozfest 98 you see pitch shifter you see corn you see limp biscuit um you see all these guys and it's, it's, it's all part of like a scene. It may not be like musically, uh, the same thing, but we've, like we talked about earlier, new metal isn't just about like music. It was also kind of like a weirdly like social movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there was a, there was like a, a style. So somebody who would listen to pitch shifter probably dressed the same way as somebody who loved Limp Biscuit. Somebody who loved Limp Biscuit would probably love pitch shifter. Um, we know because we are they. Yeah, we are them. And we, we, and we are Legion. <laughs> we have sleeper cells all across the country. <laughs> ready to strike. How, how do you activate us? The sound of opening a Mountain Dew. Just nearby. You know, it doesn't really have to be. Recorded audio works, honestly. The smell of old comic book shops will waft across <laughs> this country. <laughs> And now people understand why we talk about the shit we do at the beginning of the episodes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. This is all kind of nostalgia, nebulous. Um, but I, th- I think I think as far as new metal goes, I think '98 is sort of like the banner year, and this is our first album in '98, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yes. This kicks off 1998. So we're we're ramping up to. I would almost argue like the pinnacle of new metal is '98. Really? I think okay. I think, you know, I think 98, 99, then I think 2000, you start to see maybe some fatigue with the genre. Mm -hmm. I think as you get like to 2001, 2002, it's a precipitous fall off. Mm. Um, But I feel like we're hitting 98. We're new metal is fully in the consciousness. Your mom's heard a limp biscuit. Um, and this is it's a thing now it's mm-hmm. it's fully a thing and it's just going to explode this year right like we've, we've been building up i feel like 98 is we've we've kind of hit the mountain we've hit the mountaintop on it i would say uh 98 into like mid 2000 like that's kind of like because there are some huge new metal albums that come out in that like true yeah that mound of time there um so in new metal now, obviously we're across the seas. Like you said, there's some uh, electronic elements that are now brought into new metal that's open for grabs for people to yeah. uh, to utilize going forward. Um, also, there's some like politics stuff. That's, new metal's getting political. That's right. SJW. <laughs> this album is an SJW album. Yeah. Um, and then we've got like some big beat stuff in there. So not just sampling hip hop beats, but also uh, electronic stuff. Um you know, this album came out on, like I said, at the top of the show, April 7th, 1998. You know, our next album we'll be talking about 
came out on the same day. Isn't that wild? Holy shit. Two new metal albums came out the same day. Now, I know some people, some people, I hear things, I hear things, um, <laughs> say that, you know, maybe this album isn't technically new metal. I'm sorry. People are saying, look, people are saying. <laughs> Shut up, fat. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know what? It's It's labeled as such on Wikipedia, and honestly, that's good enough for me. I just, you know, it's a nostalgia podcast, like you said. It's an excuse for us to go back and listen to the stuff. Sure. The other album that came out on this day might be just as much or maybe even more controversial Ooh. to be considered new metal. Um, this is the only new metal album for this band, labeled as such anyway, um, on the same day as Pitchifter.com came out the album Darkest Days by Stabbing Westward. Also, a band that has some industrial roots to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it is considered new metal. Also a band I don't like. <laughs> well, shit. Okay. <laughs> Wait, I thought uh, our friend Adam absolutely hates Stabbing Westward. Adam hated Stabbing Westward. Yeah. I just was never like, I, I just never got into them. Ooh, I, I, okay. but, but here's the thing. I'm excited to listen to it because okay. I have not listened to Stabbing Westward in fucking 20 plus years probably Mm -hmm. no one has (laughs) i i remember owning this album and i liked the bulk of it okay so i'm wondering how well it'll hold up did you like the skull of it (laughs) up high there we go go. i was waiting for that high five got a high five in there uh but yeah so stabbing westward darkest days on the next episode of uh nudist colony i'm 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 excited to listen to it actually i'll say that well, listeners, if you music, are also music tastes change, you you just like you change your mind on Monster Magnet. I'll give it a shot with what was it? Stabbing was <laughs> yeah. <I'm kidding. laughs> listeners, if you want to listen along with us, uh, it'll be part of our new. Uh, I'm sorry, nudist colony Spotify playlist. The link for that is in the show notes. Uh, you can email us nudistpod at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at nudistpod. We'll have. Uh, uh, pictures of the various things we talked about earlier in the show in there so you can uh, refer back to them if you'd like to you gotta see Rob Liefeld's uh, titty cap oh yeah you gotta do we'll it we'll be posting that um, and then uh, yeah so that is pretty much it on my end of things Ross do you have anything further to say on this very short episode of Nudist Colony listen here fat <laughs> I'm done with your malarkey the time has come for dark brain and to rise. We will be taking over, and everyone will be turned into cat girls. I've suddenly become Gary Busey. <laughs> Listen here, Pat, you can fuck off! <laughs> Bye. Bye. Fantastic. Uh, bye.